The stronger the grasp, the greater the distortion of perception and judgment. I'm from Oregon. I drink my coffee, smoke my reefer in the morning. I roll two J's up and then I don't dumb. Promise. Welcome to the Hippie Speedball Podcast, buddy. Thank you. For Thank sure. You. Well, Appreciate you having me. Absolutely, bud. It's been a long time coming, you know? Yeah. It's funny because I first got on your radar whenever, like actually long before I saw you at the social club. Really? You had a verse that kind of like was, I think it was Rip City Heroes or somebody like that posted. Mm-hmm. And you you gave uh, Scooter Rogers a shout out. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny, which is why it, you know, bringing us all back to um, this, the first comment that we made off camera, but it was just about freestyling. Yeah. Because that's what the um, line, I think I said, um, wait till I flow off the dome and give that nigga Scooter competition. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, to me, he's the best freestylist. Shout he's, out Scooter Rogers. Hell he yeah. Just, what's up, man, Scooter? Man, I was just texting him today and yesterday. What's up? I love Scooter Rogers. Dude, we you've had him have, a few times too, he's, right? We always have a great time. Yeah. Like every single time. Like we always just have a super dope time together. Yeah, <laughs> so I've actually only hung awesome. up with, I've only hung out with him like what, twice. Mm-hmm. Three times in person, something like that. Um, but you know, I interact with him. I don't know him um too well outside of uh music and like the little bit we've talked Mm -hmm. um he's you know hit up my dad and uh through instagram too after the verse my dad did on rip city heroes too and so like we've had that connection as well um yeah a while ago (laughs) okay (laughs) um so that's kind of funny um but yeah no he's he's cool and um He's the one of the best freestyle freestylers in Portland. That's actually why I wanted to get him on the podcast myself. Yeah. Is because like, um, uh, shout out to uh, Brandon or Frowns from Park and Spark. Uh, he actually got me turned on to Scooter Rogers, and he showed me. He was like, "Bro, you got to see this freestyle that he did." And then he showed it to me, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" And he was like sitting in the car, and he yeah. was like, "The video was like in black and white." And he did this fucking freestyle, just blew my mind. And I was like, "I need to hit this guy up, get him Dude, on the podcast." Yeah, yeah. And then from the jump, we had great episodes like i mean from the very get-go and then it just got better and better and better so i'm excited to have him back on because i want to talk about joy three i've been listening the fuck out of that same so, yeah, yeah no he's he's awesome people's like he really is my people's like we call each other brother and sister all the time nice. like he's, he's really awesome. great like um but yeah like i i haven't really seen him too active outside of um when he just dropped joy three so i'm well, he's really curious artists. to see where his see, mindset yeah. is see, you i know? love that about him like that's one thing i mm-hmm. love about you scooter is he's <laughs> he fucking he he does that so strategically and he's so smart about everything he does he's playing chess not checkers and that's mm-hmm. why and that's i i I fuck with people who play chess, not checkers. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. I like, like I said earlier, it's like, you got to not only think outside the box, you got to think outside the fucking moving truck. Like you have to fucking really put your mind in a different spot. And I feel yeah, like you're, sure. I feel like you're really going down that same exact path oh, because I why well, I, I, cause I found <laughs> you, well, I found you through that verse and then I saw you perform at the social club. And actually the funny thing was, it was actually at the open mic and then you yes. came again to an open mic. And then I was thinking in my head, I'm like, that's fucking cool. Like, there's not many people that really do that anymore that take on like kind of like that troubadour approach Man. with it and they just go hit they just go on stage as much yeah. as they possibly can. I that's really like the only thing I could um think to do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is funny um That's you awesome know, though, I, because a lot of people won't do that. Man, like social media to me is harder. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to create a social media presence was just so difficult um to motivate myself doing it so i was like you know what like mm-hmm. where are all the open mics and so like for the first like 
year or two i was just like straight whatever open mic i can find if they will allow hip-hop mm-hmm. i'm doing it like i'm i'm gonna figure out a way to do it um and it was especially really hard the first year before i was um 21 mm-hmm. um because it's just hard to find all ages yeah anything you for know sure. um and as soon as i turned 21 i kind of flipped the switch you i remember the actually, coffee shops that would have been sick i know right you and actually still do that. and i'm trying to actually tone down my not tone down but like um make music that um is not just for like hype and like party settings to Mm -hmm. um uh fit environments like coffee shops which i think would be really cool um because i actually would love to do something like that that Um, would be sick because you also don't see many people doing that some of my favorite open mics and like performances were in coffee shop environments and i was like who the fuck is this person like they're sure i used to back in the day there was one actually so when i was because i grew up actually around milwaukee i went to milwaukee high okay so when i was a teenager i lived right across the street from the town center like in Mm -hmm. those apartments right there Mm -hmm. and that's and then we ended up moving back in there um when me and my lady first got together like that was our first apartment back in that complex. Yeah. But I lived there when I was a teenager and shit and I went to Milwaukee high. And then in Milwaukee, there was like a couple really big coffee shops that were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was spring Creek coffee house. And then there was, um, I think it was called like, uh, something horse. I never, I didn't go to it a lot, but I went to the open mic over at spring Creek. And mm-hmm. when I went to the spring Creek coffee house, like I used to play acoustic guitar with friends of mine and shit like that. And we'd see mm-hmm. some people go up there and fucking just nail it. Yeah. And then also if you like spoke some of your lyrics, almost like spoken word, mm-hmm. that would be fucking dope. Well, okay. So the very, very first open mic I did, um, I did a poem actually, um, which is funny because I've probably written a total of like outside of a, like really like strictly music environment i've probably written a total like three poems (laughs) like i don't you know sit and write poetry and stuff like that usually it's um i'll write last i'll create a beat first before i'll write something but yeah the very first open mic i did because i was like a bitch just need to get on a stage like let me figure something out um i was like okay let me like write this poem um and i'll never forget how i felt after that i was Mm -hmm. like oh and at that time i was actually still playing softball too um shout out to former athletes doing this music thing (laughs) um but like yeah i was still playing softball and i remember kind of just like having a crisis of like oh my god i'm gonna quit everything and just do music like Mm -hmm. even or just like get on the stage i knew like i didn't want to be a poet but i knew it was like my gateway to hip-hop no and creating that and so i was like well, it was it's another oh. it's another way to kind of build up your arsenal. Exactly. You know, exactly. like it's like you're just kind of like, you know, it's um uh god, what is uh, what did Bren Boy said at one time on the podcast and he was saying that basically it's like, you know, he his whole job is basically hip hop and it's all these different avenues and degrees mm-hmm. and he wants to be the best as possible and I was just like that's fucking smart. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like and it's really good to build up that arsenal so you can kind of be comfortable in any environment. Man, I try my best cuz you know, it's funny actually you say that. I need to stop talking about this. I'm sure my girlfriend's tired of hearing about it. Speaking of, shout out uh Darian Gibson Yeah, Closet what's up Darian? Chilling off camera over there. Yeah, chilling off camera. Rolling doobies. Rolling fatties. Per <laughs> usual. Appreciate um, you, bud. Yeah, love her. Fan of the um, podcast too. She fucking loves the show. You know and I what? Really appreciate and if it, it. I feel like if it wasn't for her, this not that this wouldn't have happened, but like she really encouraged this connection. Oh, thanks, like, buddy. You know, I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. So you know, got to give a big shout out to my girlfriend. Oh of yeah, almost definitely. five years. Hell yeah! So. Congratulations. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I had this show, um, or I was on this lineup, um, rather, um, the thesis, and I had been 
wanting to do um to be on a thesis lineup for a while um and you know a while meaning like maybe a year um (laughs) and i felt like um i got the opportunity and i had a gut feeling to go about it a certain way um it would have been like new and um different but the vibe i got with the lineup i was with i was like you know maybe i should make um softer versions of my music um Mm. and you know i get to it and i'm like you know what now i'm just do my thing like it's gonna be fine i get to doing the show and i'm like oh you know it it was cool it was great actually um you know i I had a great response but like i kind of looked back and i was just like man you trust my gut more often Mm. (laughs) you know and um it, it's kind of funny that um, it, it like being able to get over something like that and um, be okay with those losses, if you will, mm-hmm. um, is, is just kind of something that comes with, um, I think, making music and artistry. And, um, and I say all that to say it's motivated me to try to create more avenues and lanes for myself to become better at so that if I get put in an environment or have the opportunity to be in an environment like that again mm-hmm. i can feel like i executed it the way i wanted to you oh, know nice, you nice. know what I'm so saying? for sure like yeah exactly yeah. like you're kind of like you want to build up those muscles so you have the strength to pull what you need to you know like you just want to freaking exactly. strengthen everything up and that's fucking smart exactly. well you know you there's a lot of people that aren't like that you know like and it's and it's but it's really good that you are and that's what i was saying whenever i first met you it kind of like the fact that you were just going on stage and all these different places and you were just going and hitting like you know you want to hit open mic circuits you just mm-hmm. want to be you want as much stage time as possible yeah it really <laughs> yeah. reminded me of like like i was saying uh, to about robert johnson i don't know if you ended up in the, like checking out that documentary we talked about it briefly yeah we did briefly but yeah. no i didn't check it out yeah and so like just uh, as like for those that don't really know the story of robert johnson he was the one that the famous story at the crossroads where he sold a soul to the devil to play the guitar mm-hmm. like yeah, and but and he that. was like the creator of the blues as we know it which mm-hmm. created rock and roll and mm-hmm. then it you know took off from there and he was like uh like he has a really crazy story but he would go out and just play bars all over the place and that's like what old like musicians used to do mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of newer musicians that do that like to where yeah. it's literally like hey i see you have a stage can i book a gig yeah, here yep, like you yep. know and just go there and just like all right you know and just because like you know especially in the hip-hop scene you don't mm-hmm. really see a lot of like hip-hop artists like doing that shit and everything yeah and it's especially it was hard to kind of that's recording right okay oh, yeah. cool all right <laughs> that would have been really funny just want to be sure actually Okay, cool. Perfect. Just wanted to be sure. It's happened before. Yeah, no, I mean, that's like any... <laughs> that's uh, one of the, that's one of the problems creator. about being like a one-man circus act. Right. But I am building a team, so maybe as like episodes come through, if it's in your time, you guys can come through, maybe help me out or something of like course, that. And that yeah. would be sick. Hang out. We can smoke out and just meet fucking whoever the guest is. For sure. Yeah, go ahead and... Uh, we um, were, man, we were, I have no Oh, no, 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 it's okay. We were talking about Robert Johnson. Uh, um, but oh, yeah, exactly. Like, um, and taking that, that approach, troubadour approach. That approach, exactly. That's what I was going to. There's um, not a lot of hip hop artists that really do that. And it was really hard to find. Um, we found that subject quick. Yeah, we did. Fucking A. Shake and bake, buddy. That was sick. It's the coffee. <laughs> it's the, it's the fucking, coffee. It's, it's the, the hippie speedball, my friend. It's that flow state we had plenty it scientifically of this, puts your brain into. But that, that's what brings it back. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the first one I found was Late Lyrics. Shout out to Late Lyrics because let me tell you, um, 
that was the first like hip hop open mic that I found out here in the Portland, um, like just greater Portland area. And um, I got to uh, really just like test my stuff out with like a random crowd of people. And like the reception was really incredible to me um, mm. and motivating and to have and it was even hard to find um, times I was visiting home in, awesome. in the Bay Area to find something that was even that receptive mm-hmm. um, having a hip hop specific open mic um, although like it's not like I had hella connections to figure out where to go um, but still like see that's late- even cooler that you're getting where you're going but it's because you exactly. started from the absolute ground Dude, like man. with knowing nobody, nobody or anything like that knowing you just wanted to get into this thing yeah and you didn't know how to do it <laughs> and i love that dude Thank i you. love that because like it's you don't really hear a lot about that it's like usually like oh i had a relative who was into it or grew up around it and then me and my friends would do it or something like that you were kind of like i'm just diving in and let's see yeah, what happens no i yeah you know growing up an athlete your whole life like um at least with the goal to play in college um there's shout out to people who can do um college athletics and other things because um i loved music growing up um what did you play i played i didn't play anything no i mean and oh oh sports (laughs) um (laughs) you know shout out to athletes i played nothing um (laughs) i uh (laughs) played softball oh i'm not an athlete i just love athletes (laughs) you know (laughs) they're great no i was um a softball player um i was a catcher most of that time um and then i played at willamette university um and my experience there kind of led to um me coming to a place where i had to choose between failing out of college or being really in shape for softball (laughs) (laughs) and so um you know i uh unfortunately didn't really i didn't have the best environment um just softball wise um within that team um in my opinion at least um but I also didn't make the best choices in terms of my like um, education. And I was like, you know what? Not many of us did. Yeah. You know what? And I thought, and I thought like going to the gym was just because I'm not out drinking that, Oh, going Mm -hmm. to the gym and not doing homework. That's okay. (laughs) It's like, no, I'm still failing out of school, you know, Um, just because it's for the sake of my sport. It didn't make it any better. Definitely an unspoken thing about it's just like failing because you have to go to the gym. It's like it's hard to be lifting weights and fucking doing calculus at the same time. And I just, you know, kind of prioritized that over my school. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not even feeling. What were you studying in school? um, Economics. I tried to double major in sociology and that did not work out as you can tell with me almost failing out <laughs> but yeah no i quit like abruptly junior well, it's year only because you lost interest and in, like you know that, yeah I mean, that's the well biggest thing. and that was the kind of the thing was like the, my heart wasn't in it anymore exactly and, and when that happens when you're, you're there, gonna you're gonna fail out of it whenever your heart's not what in you it. gonna do yeah, yeah you because know because i'm saying look at look like when your heart's in something obviously you're capable of fucking doing exactly. dope ass things so exactly and that's exactly where i was like okay if i'm gonna quit something like this like i need to replace that hole with something and that's when i dove into music and i was like you know what like i've never done it before but here goes nothing Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think that's dope you have an electronic drum kit in your little studio too like that's super cool shout out uh michael moore he um he's also a dope ass producer that uh and rapper that spent like about a year out here in the portland area nice. he just moves back out but like yeah he gifted me that and mm. it's 
Man, that's like a two hundred dollar little drum set. Like it's a nice little drum set. Oh so no, it'll cool. definitely do the job, and I'm yeah. fucking psyched for you. That's sick because like electronic drums are fun. Like I want to get my daughter some because she's really interested in learning how to play drums, yeah. and so I want to get her a little electronic drum dude, kit so she can all fuck the around. You oh can. no, that's what we have. Like you mean you see we have? I guitars, know, I see, so, dude. There's like a that's ukulele. Awesome. Yeah, no, I um I want to learn I can guitar next. Play the ukulele too. Really? I learned how to fuck yeah. I how learned how to play that shit. Uh, ukulele, guitar bass a little bit of drums okay um harmonica um a little bit of harmonica i'm not great but i can play like Mm -hmm. decent enough Mm -hmm. i could play like with a chord progression and like i'm um, expecting stevie okay come on bust it out harmonica (laughs) stevie wonder oh stevie wonder oh okay gotcha i was thinking more like um i thought you were going to talk about like stevie ray vaughn with guitar because he's he's my favorite guitar player talk stevie uh stevie wonder on the harmonica Oh yeah, he was known for playing piano. I didn't know he played harmonica. Yeah, a lot. a little bit. He had the riffs on on um, especially. Okay, maybe I was just listening to Hotter Than July recently. It's my favorite nice. Stevie Wonder album. Um, but he'll have he'll have some harmonica riffs for sure. Okay. Yeah, he's known for playing piano, but mm, I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. sick. I'll have to fucking look into that. That's dope. I actually yeah. Didn't you know, know what's funny is if I'm completely inaccurate about that, but I think I I, I you, can, you know what's that? funny. Yeah, let me Google that. Um, no, we it'd have be we have funny someone, just we have, because I'm can, like oh yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you. It's just, you know, I'm high and like, I feel like I know what I grew up on, but like, what if I was wrong? <laughs> My God. <laughs> Embarrassing. That's why it's always a little bit of self-doubt, me. you know? It wouldn't surprise me. He's a fucking great musician. Dude, so it right. really wouldn't surprise me. But yeah. no, I play harmonica a little bit. Like, and then that's it. I actually, so when I was a, when I was actually I was eight when I started, mm-hmm. I was actually playing um, viola. Because like there was a point in elementary school, I don't know if you had to do this, but in my elementary school, you had to choose between band, orchestra, or choir. Like you had to pick one of them. There, I don't know if I had to, but I do know that I played like two years of violin in elementary school and i think it was some type of you're like, like music, i don't you're like i don't like remember having a, a say in it yeah right <laughs> yeah. exactly i know it was like it was cool or whatever my parents didn't like it when i was practicing at oh, home I but like, like i feel violin. so bad I mean, for my on, parents you know? i played i was in orchestra and i played viola yeah and the so. cool thing is is like viola players were like right in between the violin and the mm-hmm, cellos mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so like we have our own little section usually there's only like yeah. three of us yeah <laughs> and so we have our own little tight-knit community shout out viola players Players. Yeah, she, I don't even like, know if we have viola players in my elementary oh, school. I know I had Sorry, a violin. The big, the big blunt buddy fell over. He's chilling. Oh my god, <laughs> we have to sneeze. Man, you're gonna edit this out when I sneeze, right? Yes, you are. And went away. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, am I? I was right. Okay, cool. That's what I was like. Nice. I feel like I remember hearing that. Nice. I'll have to fucking check that out. I don't yeah, really, no. I didn't know that. That's fucking dope. Thanks for teaching me a little something, something about that. That's hey, what's up. No problem. Are you looking to play in, in like any instruments yourself? Um, I'm like very, very, very slowly learning piano. Um, I've been learning piano for the last like four years, maybe three, four years. Um, just with my grandmother, uh, skyping me from mm. back home, um, and teaching me. She was trained, um in classical piano for like the earlier years of her life and she just kept up with it like pretty well um throughout her entire life and you know when your grandma's your teacher it's like what else can you ask for it's pretty cool you know it's like a great um way for me to like um stay connected with her and just that's dope yeah so like it's um it's hard for me to stay motivated just in general learning piano because um i have i feel as though I have the basics enough to execute a lot of ideas that I want, but I know to grow to the level that I want, I need to 
develop that skill a little bit more. And um, like, I want to learn guitar next, and I really want to learn guitar, but I'm like, nope, I'm not gonna learn that until I mm-hmm. I master piano. So oh, okay, yeah, okay. Here. Well, luckily, whenever you even like get like the gist of when you can kind of just like play chords on a mm-hmm. piano and just kind of like flow along with it, because I'm learning a little bit of piano myself right yeah. now, actually. I see your little and so yeah, that keyboard actually yeah. that, that's actually uh, my daughter's. We're just keeping all the instruments in here, but it's actually my daughter's, and that thing does a lot. Like it's got it a lot of sounds. It's substantial. It's fucking. Mm-hmm. It's better than I thought it was, and mm-hmm. so it's um. It's a. I've just been learning, but the only thing I can play is like, do you know that movie The Hangover? Mm -hmm. That song he sings for the tiger. It's like, what do tigers dream of? I can play that on the piano. That's hilarious. I always just wanted to learn how to play that, so I just that's what the first thing I learned how to play. (laughs) And it's stuck, yeah. And yeah, and I I can play that no problem. And I can play the intro for Home Sweet Home from Motley Crue, like the doom 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 doom. I can play like that little part, but that's about it. Okay. Like, but I can I I kind of learned how chords are formed, so I'm kind of just working on that right now. And a lot of times you could just kind of like mess around once you. Uh, but you're going to come from the opposite approach because you want to learn how to play guitar later. Luckily, mm-hmm. they transcribe really well. I've heard, and that's like, why I want to like. And especially when you have like the, piano first, yeah, and that's what's giving me an edge over being able to play the piano, like as like like picking up that song because I learned mm-hmm. how to play that song in like a day and a half. Yeah, like yeah. from playing nothing on piano to knowing how to play that song. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I picked it up really quickly, and I think I had an advantage because I play guitar. Mm-hmm. So because you're going to be playing piano when you start playing guitar, you'll have that same advantage. Exactly, chords will be a lot, and plus you have like you have long fingers too, so I it's going to be it's going to be mm-hmm. easy for you. Like playing guitar, especially if you're starting with an acoustic and then you go to an electric, mm-hmm. like it's, which I'm most likely going to do. That's always smart. I always recommend guitar players do that. I'm and like, you start know, apartment- with an acoustic because it hurts your hands more. You build up your calluses faster. Like, you know, like, yeah, well, it's like you're it's it's harder to put down the chords on an acoustic, especially Mm -hmm. in certain areas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then when you go into an electric afterwards, you're like, oh, my God, gliding. Like, exactly. It's so much easier. Yeah. and I like, made the mistake of starting with electric. I should have started with acoustic. Really? But I want I wanted to shred right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a homie that's starting with electric and I'm like, man, that I don't know about that. It's still it possible. Fun. Yeah, it seems like really It's just going to be a hard transition like... once he starts jamming on an acoustic eventually mm-hmm. because at one point every guitar player wants to have an acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Like you need one just mm-hmm. because you never know. Yeah, like, it's practical. Yeah, when we had know. to evacuate from the wildfires and mm-hmm. shit because we lived uh, like like right in the level three evacuation zone. Yeah. And so we had to fucking bounce out. Luckily, yeah. I already had sent a bunch of our shit and Juniper over to my mom's house because like, yeah. I had a gut feeling that we were going to have to leave. So I was like, mm-hmm. let's pack up a bunch of shit, take Juno over to my mom's, mm-hmm. and we'll just stay the night. Literally, like the next morning, we had to fucking go. See, and you were and already then, packed. So yeah. That's good. And yeah, we were already, we just bounced the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And then, well, and then I remember we got to my mom's house. Like, we got there. In like a half hour it was no problem because mm-hmm. we slipped right out of oregon city right when it happened mm-hmm. but right at this point nobody was ready and so Damn. everybody mm-hmm. was packing up and leaving mm-hmm. but we were just out mm-hmm. like and mm-hmm. so we <laughs> and then i remember we got to my mom's and we were watching the news and it was literally just bumper to bumper traffic yep. all yep. through there were literally people that ran out of gas just waiting See? for shit that's why it's so important to have gas in your car because if shit hits the fan and you gotta go like you know but dude my, my gaslight my gaslight just came on i can't talk too much shit like i gotta See? take my own advice you know but i'm trying to make people a, a better than me no because you're so. right because <laughs> you're definitely right and you know as like a not really doomsday prepper but kind of doomsday prepper like no me too bud i'm, I'm, an, know, I'm not a doomsday prepper but i have a go bag 
same. I feel like, like everybody should have a go bag. Everybody should have a go bag. Everybody. I want like, my daughter to have a go bag. It's irresponsible to not have a I'm, go bag. I'm, I'm literally building Juniper's go bag. No, you, that's like a good uh, skill to teach your yeah. kids, like for sure. And also a little hint of advice too is like in your go bag, have a little survival kit in itself just in yes. case you have to ditch your bag. Mm-hmm. Then you have then a you small survival kit. To pull. And mm-hmm. I have like this waterproof container that's wrapped up in a bungee cord. Okay, yeah. So I have a lot of uses for yeah. a lot of shit. And inside there, I have like three knives, sharpeners. I have magnesium and flint. I have little yeah. b- uh, butane lighters. I have stormproof matches, waterproof matches. I have an emergency blanket. And it all fits in like a container like about this big and about that wide. And also I have the whole thing inside like a um, one of those like cloth draw backpacks. Yeah. The whole thing's inside there. That's, so it's oh th- it takes up so about just... this much space. So I can literally, in case I ever have to ditch my pack, I can just grab this and it's another small little backpack that yeah. I can slip around myself. Oh my God. See, okay. And also like you have that bag to gather firewood. Like you could use it for so things. many things. Wow. So that yeah. also I know that, you know, like at least I like there's enough shit in my go bag to literally start a new life because yes. I have clothes. I have survival key, equipment. I know? have canteen. I have a river. I also have a river straw mm-hmm. in there so I can drink directly from rivers and streams and yes. shit like that. I have one of those filters. I don't I think I think you have to still pour it in there, but it's still like the filters only like this nice. So That's sick. There's so many cool compact, things you yeah. can have. So Yeah. Just put everything in like a waterproof, like, mm-hmm. like sealed That's container. Mm-hmm. Just make yourself a little survival kit inside the survival kit. That's yeah. And then just always have a Tips. knife on you. Yeah. It's so important to always have a knife on you. And damn near <laughs> like you can start getting these little mini tasers to always have on you too. Just have a little some. I should extra. craft survival kits and sell them. Damn near. People do. I know. Yeah. I could make a good, efficient one. It's like yeah. you could literally start a new life in this box. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's kind of the key is the ability to just really mm-hmm. like bounce mm-hmm. if you need to. For sure. I mean, you can also get, and like, I don't have one of these in my actual little kit, but in my actual go bag, I actually have a uh, special forces survival manual. So it's yeah. got all sorts of shit in there from yeah. any climate, hunting, fishing, everything you can possibly think of. I have of. something that's not as nice as that, but it's a manual that doesn't sound as any, in depth as yours. Any but, yeah. anything that anything works. Like yeah. anything that will it's give some, you an it'll give some. you an edge mm-hmm. because in that moment you might need a reference mm-hmm. to go to. Exactly. And then also like um and it's good to learn how to build a fire and keep it concealed too. Yeah, see, and that's where I'm like, man, I have a lot of things that can light fires and we're going to hope for the best until I'm like super confident in my ability to just build fires with like other resources around me. Just practice, you know, just Mm -hmm. go out on a little trail someday and just literally just dig a little pit Mm -hmm. and just start practicing getting an ember going. Yeah. I want to get some charred cloth. You ever see that shit? No. So it's literally like, so you take like an Altoid can and then you poke a hole in the top and the bottom. Okay. And then you take like some like cotton or any sort of like natural fabric, cotton works best okay. like take like you know like a piece of a cotton t-shirt mm-hmm. just a couple little strips of it and then you put it inside the altoid can you literally just put it in the fire like around the coals okay and shit and then when you pull it out the cloth is like completely charred but literally as soon as it hits a spark it, yeah. it ignites an ember okay and it'll just start burning like put as soon as a spark hits okay. it this is like old school shit they used in like the fucking like wild west yes. to get fires going see and that's what i need to like do my research on a little bit more a like, university that's that of shit. youtube my friend i know there's a I really know. good channel that's called a uh, primitive technology have you ever seen that no uh, you can watch this shit all day long okay. <laughs> I, I watch youtube the most that's the mm-hmm. app i spend the most time on probably like way more yeah. than instagram or anything else yeah and so he has this one channel where he doesn't like say anything mm-hmm. he just builds like bushcraft shit like he'll build an entire hut that has a chimney 
and like roofing tiles out of clay he made out of the mud. Oh, fuck, Ev- yeah. He literally uses like own like primitive tools. He'll like make an axe to chop That's down a tree. Awesome. Yeah. So it's like if he has to build something out of wood, he's like, first I have to make an axe. Yep. And so he makes yep. an axe and then he's literally he sharpens it up. And then it's hard enough to fucking literally chop down a fucking tree. Yeah. And then he'll start building what? like cabins and huts and all sorts of shit. You can watch it all fucking day long. That's it's really cool. It's called Primitive Technology. Okay, you got to yeah. check it out. I'm hella going to check that out. Are you kidding <laughs> so me? What? Good. And if you like scary things, you should check out Mr. Ballin. Man, how scary? What do you mean by scary? Elaborate. Like so um so his actual what he always says is the strange, dark and mysterious told in story format. That's exactly okay. what it is. It's literally just like true, weird and scary stories. Okay, I can yeah. Like I can and fuck he with that. and he's just he just tells it and then he'll also sometimes show like pictures of the people he's talking about mm-hmm. or vi- play video clips or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like it's very and they're all true. Where are they is it like based out of like certain areas specifically everywhere. or just okay everywhere? Okay, okay. It's a really addicting channel because once you start watching that shit, like yeah. all the different stories he tells is so fucking crazy, Dude. so yeah. crazy. And some of them are like really fucked up. It was like this one where these guys like stumbled across like basically this fucking cult that lives out in like the mountains in Mexico that practices like satanic worship and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, And they mm -hmm. fucking literally kidnap people and hold them up in like this mountain range and shit like that. And they have like these rituals and shit like he tells like this crazy story about it. And it's Mm -hmm. really fucking crazy. Like all sorts of different shit that he talks about. Well, we're all into uh, the um, true crime series nice, and stuff nice. like that. So, so it, it kind of has like, that vibe. You know, those, yeah. It definitely has that vibe. Like but that element, that his channel, that. like he started at the perfect time because he started like right before the pandemic. And then okay. whenever the pandemic broke out, his yeah. fucking channel blew up. Yeah. Like when I started following him, he was like just at about like a million subscribers. And now he's at like, I think like 7 million. Like he's fucking mm-hmm. like, what's that? That's what he's at right now. Holy shit. 10.6 million. Yeah, he was at like seven the last time I checked. Like, that's how fast he's fucking just blowing up. He's going to end up on like Rogan and all those podcasts really, really soon. Because everybody loves that guy's channel as soon as you start watching it. Yeah. The craziest one that he said, and like, and you got to definitely check out the video, but Mm -hmm. it's about this guy who was lived a completely normal life. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he went to college and he was, uh, then he got this really nice job. Mm -hmm. He met this girl. They started a family and they were living in this house and everything was amazing. Then one day he gets home from work and they're chilling out out, like chilling at home. Mm -hmm. And then he looks over and he notices that this lamp in their house was all of a sudden just blurry. Everything else was perfectly fine. But this one lamp for some reason was out of focus. And at first he thought his eyes were fucking with him. And then he realized that they weren't. And so then he just kind of brushed it off. And then the next day it was still out of focus. And then he, and then he like was looking at it and it was like, what the hell is wrong with this? And he just couldn't figure it out. And then eventually he became so fixated on it. He was staying home from work. He was staying up all night. He couldn't figure out why the fuck this thing was like this. And then one day he's sitting in his house with his wife. And then all of a sudden everything else was blurry around it. And then the lamp was like flipped upside down. Oh, fuck no. And then he was like, like everything was all like fucking weird and everything became all crazy. And all of a sudden he felt like this really, really giant ringing in his ear. And then everything started going like white and he like blacked out, didn't know what was going on. And then when he woke up, there was just a bunch of people standing around him, Mm -hmm. like just looking down at him. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, what the fuck just happened? He's Mm -hmm. like, where's my wife? Where, what happened? And then they're like, don't worry. You hit your head. You'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Like, and then he was like, what, what do you mean? I hit my head. What happened? And then he was like, somebody hits you and then you knocked back. They knocked you down and then you hit your head on the pavement. Don't worry. Paramedics are on their way. 
and he woke up and he was back in college. Oh fuck. Okay. And he literally in this moment had dreamed that he graduated college, had this job, had this amazing family, this perfect life. And then all of a sudden he woke up and he was lying on his back because he got knocked out. And in just in that moment, he lived an entire life. And then he fell into like this, like massive, massive depression because he lost a family that he never even had. Like, and he lived this crazy life and shit. And it's a fucking true story. That's wild. Oh my God. But then also there's one where a girl heard voices in her head and then found out she had a brain tumor. They were telling her to go to this location. They gave her coordinates. And she, when she put it in, it brought her to like this one clinic. Yeah. And then they were like, go inside and talk to this doctor. And then sure as shit, that doctor worked there. And then they said that she needed to take this one scan. And then they like, all these doctors were denying her, like saying like, oh, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong, nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. Then they did another scan at this place. Mm -hmm. And then she actually found out that she had like a brain tumor. And then they got it out. Everything was good. And then she, the last time she heard the voices, they were inside her head whenever she, she heard it whenever she woke up out of her surgery. And they just said, like, thank you. We're glad to have assisted you. Goodbye. Oh, and then sorry. never heard of them ever again. <laughs> Isn't that fucking like goosebumps? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Got to like, check out the channel for sure. Lots of crazy that shit. That one's funny too because I do believe like in an element of like your body telling you, um, when there's something wrong so it's like mm. almost like it kind of like oh wow there was these coasters oh you're cool bud the I whole just, time <laughs> i just no no i just put it i just put it here so you can see the happy cannabis yeah logo. it looks but like you know symmetry with the big blunt buddy just chilling yeah <laughs> next to the little joint okay cool what were you saying um but yeah no like i believe in the element of your body like telling you when there's something wrong so like that almost sounds like um it's being just kind of like elevated to another level of like being taken over by something spiritually or you know in her head you know like Mm -hmm. that but like that's fascinating yeah she like literally heard these voices like and then like it was like fucking yeah it's crazy story and then he has like yeah some scary ones of like you know people in the Mm -hmm. house and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. all the classic like horror stories that are all true yeah yeah it's fucking really really dope and it's not one to definitely watch before you want to go to bed because they're all true and it'll (laughs) honestly for a little bit it'll make you rethink anytime you're ever out in the woods see okay yeah yeah like because i love being out in the woods me too me too and it kind of like yeah but like i mean it's like definitely but also if you love being out in the woods and you've been out in the woods a lot you Mm -hmm. know there's crazy shit that happens out there it's not the same world like you're in the middle of nowhere those Mm -hmm. rules don't apply that's why you even have go bags when you're out in the woods you know yeah or have at least equipment with I want to have like little stash spots like throughout the forest. Like, damn near, right? Like, how dope would that be? You go out one day, set up like coordinates, and then you have them marked out in your go bag. Yes. So that way you have equipment that's buried underground Mm -hmm. under these spots. And you have like a certain marker that's like a tree Mm -hmm. or something like that that's there. Like, really go through the effort of like, okay, where nobody can just stumble up on this. No, yeah, you have to go way off the trail. Yeah. Like, you'd have to go up on a trail. That's like ideal, you know? Yeah. So, but also, you can. Could just pinpoint your location too on your phone because you mm-hmm. can get offline maps a little handy thing to, for everybody to have because if like the power goes out and there's mm-hmm. no internet you can still use an offline map because it goes by satellite 
Yeah. Wait. Okay. Yeah. No. I've we've like gone on road trips where it's like okay, I feel like there's no signal, but my GPS is still working. Yeah, that's yeah. what's up for sure. But <laughs> yeah. you can also get it. Is so that like what you is can, it? An element of that then? Or? Yeah, kind of. But also like it makes it so even if there's no internet, you could still pull it up and it's okay. still a map you can look at. Okay. So it's kind of like as a really good backup to have. Yeah. Because there's been times where it's like I needed to use my GPS and mm-hmm. my normal one wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Like if it's if you're out of service, like if you're in service and then you drive out of service, mm-hmm. normally your GPS will still take you there. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the trip is already in there. Mm-hmm. But if you're out of service and you want to go somewhere, right. it's not going to load up. No, yeah. Unless you had one of those maps. And that's whenever it okay. came in really handy. Because also I had some really dope camping spots that I have the coordinates marked down yeah. for. So it's like little trail spots that I've found where it's like the perfect little spot. You can tell people have camped there because there's already a fire pit with rocks built and mm-hmm. everything. And it's but like it's literally like-, like right along the river. Yeah. I found this one that in the campground itself, there was wild carrots mint and blackberries all just growing right there at the camping the camp yeah. spot i know kidding me? right <laughs> <laughs> there's all sorts That's of different sh- i know and there was like a like perfect river access that was right there and it mm-hmm. was like just above so you could like kind of walk down and there was like mm-hmm. a tiny little beachy area but there was like also like rocks you can chill on mm-hmm. and then just off of there so it's like let's say you're in the camping area right yeah you come down here's the river but then there was like a rock formation that came out like okay. there was a, literally just like a huge spot where you're kind of like in the middle of the river. That's what's this. So you can like walk through it. So and you like can like, yeah, you can just walk up and then and... put some chairs out there. And there's yeah. also a small fire pit out there. So if you want to have a tiny little fire, just literally chilling on the river. Those are the best spots. I dude. know. Yeah. Right? So one thing that obviously I like to get from every guest that's on the show mm-hmm. and it's your first time on the show. So mm-hmm. tell me about the first time you ever got high, my friend. Oh my goodness. This is a good story. I've actually, you know, um, I love good stories. Yeah, no, I um, am glad that it's like been long enough since this first time to where it's like a really funny story now. (laughs) But um, shout out to family that smokes and introduces you to weed. Um, My cousin lived around the block for me. Um, She's a couple years younger than me. And I was 16 and she's 14. She had already been smoking for like at least a year, probably. I know she was like still like really um venturing into it but um my dad and her dad um are brothers and they both smoked and been smoking for a while so like we have been around it mm, okay our whole lives um even though it was fairly concealed in my household and same with hers to a degree um i don't really know <laughs> um but uh she you know managed to kind of like get her hands on it from other sources and stuff so I go for a sleepover and I haven't slept over in a minute, especially not since she's been like smoking because um, at that time I'm still kind of like working on the destigmatization of uh, cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that I, you know, there was an opportunity for us to smoke and we probably were, but I was still kind of <laughs> scared, you know? Um, so we get to it. Her parents either went to sleep early or just like weren't there i don't really remember i'm pretty sure they just went to sleep early i'm sorry um, how old were you again i was 16 and 16 she's 14 okay, okay. wow <laughs> so <laughs> she's just like okay yeah we're gonna hot box the room that's like the most basically like the most efficient way to get high and so we're in her i mean she doesn't say that but that's kind of like what we everybody's usually trying it. to hide it she's like we're gonna hot box this room yeah like, you know damn, like you're gonna be a bear be a grizzly fuck it dude, exactly <laughs> like there's like you know why fuck around type of mentality i don't know if that's, that's, that's not awesome. like exactly what that's she some said serious but like, big dick energy that she dude, had it's you like, know damn. it's like we're about to hot box this fucking room she promise you're gonna get high hog swinging exactly so you know love her this is a great story um 
So I get high out of my fucking mind, dude. Like, it was scary. And I was, like, scared because obviously I was still a little bit, like, scared of it to um, before I went into it. But, like, the main thing I can remember was, like, it felt like video game lag. Like, you know how, like, it's just, like, you're running into the wall and it's, like, why won't the character just turn, you know? That's yeah. how I felt my body. I was just, like, why can't I just... <laughs> do these movements that should There's be normal mechanics i cannot yeah <laughs> exactly like it's all delayed like everything felt delayed and she is just in the like the corner dying laughing right and so like you know it's funny like, fuck you yeah no i'm like this is terrible I'm fucking like, I dying feel good. Here. and so like i might have even been doing it during the podcast a little bit but sometimes i like tend to rock when i have like a good sativa going but this is my first time getting just baked and so i'm just like rocking in the corner but, high as fuck just like okay like <laughs> All right, and she's just laughing, just sitting there laughing at me. I would probably laugh at that too. Exactly. You know? If I, mean, I got my friend high for the first time, they're like, "Okay, okay, dude, like, exactly. how you feeling, bud?" Dude, and like you know, imagine she's like fourteen, getting her sixteen-year-old cousin high, mm-hmm. ba- like out That's of hilarious. her mind. It's hilarious, that right? Hilarious. And so, um, yeah, like eventually, I'm able to figure out a way, like a lot of pacing around, a lot of like drinking cranberry. I remember I drink a lot of cranberry juice. It's like my comfort juice. So I was mm. like, okay, cranberry juice will make it all better. It didn't, um, <laughs> and so. Um, finally I get to like go into sleep and then the next morning she like tells her parents that she got me like stoned out of my mind and how funny it was because of how terrible it was of an experience for me and her parents are like dude you're supposed to like help her find her spirit animal like what did why did you do that like why were you just laughing at her and so like dude and so like now when we talk about it she's like i'm so sorry i was supposed to be like your guide your spirit guide you know we were supposed to help find spirit animals together i'm so sorry that i just laughed at you and i'm like dude no it's like a really funny story now because i could just imagine myself just in the corner like right Whoa, this is too much like, just fucking tweaking yeah she and my 14 year old cousin's just laughing just that's amazing dying, you know so um yeah that was the first time i got that's high awesome. i didn't smoke again for like Hands another down, year it's one of probably top three stories of her in this podcast <gasps> thank 100%. you that was oh a good my god one. that's that was a good awesome one. i've heard a lot of people's first time smoking yeah dude no i was uh that's a really good one i stopped smoking and it's always for a great like story a but there's some that really that. stick out to me for sure <laughs> that's, that's awesome. always gonna be a good one that's for sure because Cool. I think about is you just tweaking in the corner. Oh yeah, because also it reminds me of this time also when I was like first smoking and me and my friend were chilling on the beach, right? Mm-hmm. And we got fucking ripped. Yeah, like, we got super. That was like back in the days where it's like you and your friend, like you you know that you get high after like one bowl, but you mm-hmm. said fuck it, you smoke like two or three, and yep, then you just yep. got a little extra stone that night. You're like, yeah. all right, t- tonight's we're gonna tonight we're gonna stretch our tolerance. Is yes. what we're gonna do. It's like yep. we're gonna make it so now we have to smoke this much. Mm-hmm. It's like you go a little above and then you come down right here and then you go a little above and you come down yeah, right here. Yeah, it's like trying to sustain the up Yeah, here, yeah. Right? Every time you yeah. get like ultra high, it's like, you know, it's like three steps forward and two steps back. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and then you're, you know, you're always going to be at that level now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you're exactly. just going to kind of just kind of do this little staggered toward the point where you're smoking like a quarter ounce a day and it's not doing a fucking thing for you. <laughs> you know? Yep. And you're all just like, but you're still not a dab person. You're just right. buying a lot of flour. Yep. It's <laughs> just, just running through all the flour. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we were sitting on the beach and I remember we were chilling on this log and when you were rocking back and forth it reminded me of this because
because like have you ever seen that one famous picture of like the dudes like building the skyscraper back in like the 1930s and they're like eating their lunch mm-hmm. on the skyscraper mm-hmm. have you ever seen that like on that one beam just chilling there eating their meals yeah. i felt like i was one of those guys oh my like and I was like and like so it was like yeah. so I knew I was sitting on the ground yeah. but it felt like if I fall back mm-hmm. I'm gonna like fall into eternity yeah and then I felt like if I fall forward I'm gonna fall into eternity like yes. I'm literally just chilling on like a beam way up in the sky That's and I'm just like I can't move <laughs> like and yes. I was like because if I move I'm going to die yeah it's like Joe stomp your foot <laughs> it's just like reminded me the ground is right here. <laughs> like no but i still but my, can't my, my, move no. my brain was literally way too high yeah <laughs> like it was yep. fucking and it's crazy when you're chilling on the beach because you could hear the ocean but you can't see it mm. it's so menacing when you really think about it mm-hmm. like it's really intimidating mm-hmm. it's like because the ocean's still watching you like but it's like you know it's like it still knows oh, that you're there right there yep right like you I think need to about get higher that. on the ocean is what that sounds yeah, like. Yeah, you really should. I, I love getting really ocean. ripped on the beach. Yeah. When I was actually working, it's funny because you had a Northwest Kind lighter that I saw. I, I, yes. I worked for them for a short period of time as a brand really? ambassador. Yeah. And then me and my friend, uh, she worked as a sales rep. Mm-hmm. And we were working this trip uh, for a bunch of this um, this dispensary chain that mm-hmm. we were helping them out with because they were really burning their relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So that was the reason they brought me on because mm-hmm. I was like, I had to basically play Santa and just butter these guys up like with yeah. gifts. That was my job. Yeah. It was literally just a drive around with swag to dispensaries and just drop it off for people yeah and then i worked with my friend because she would come in afterwards and we do like a one-two punch Mm, so it's like i come in and butter them up and then like a day or two later she comes in they're like oh fuck yeah yeah we'll definitely get some product Mm -hmm. we're running low Mm -hmm. on you guys anyway we love that guy then i would set up the events and do all that kind of shit and work the table and stuff like that how long did you do that for uh with them i did it for not very long it was like for like i want to say like six months something like that it wasn't very okay. long at yeah. all like but it was long enough to get a really good gist of the job but basically my my goal was to basically save their fucking asses with this mm-hmm. chain and it worked and then it was kind of a shitty situation at the end but mm-hmm. anyway um uh god it was um kind of i had a fucking point of bringing that up i was talking about brand ambassador work and what were we talking about just before my that? lighter nw kind yeah ocean. rocking back and forth the ocean oh yeah so perfect thank mm-hmm. you yes. uh it's like that door in a dream the more that you think about it it's like pushing further and further yes. and further away when you're it's trying okay, to chase it i got you bring it you, back you got me buddy i appreciate you yes. salute All right, thank yeah. you appreciate that <laughs> But anyway, so we had this one trip that we went on where we just hit up a bunch of dispos at the beach mm-hmm. and it was so much fun because yeah. we just literally were just going from beach town to beach town to beach town, just getting fucking baked Dude, out yeah. on the beach. <laughs> I like um, sold for a farm um, very briefly, but I did one coast run and nice. like, you know, like Darren came with me and like. It was so fun. Just I bet to that be was able, a blast. Yeah, just <laughs> being able to like spend that much time on the beach just to go to dispensaries. Like, it. what? You know, it. come on. I want to like, do that. So I actually want to do that with the podcast. So when I have oh, the money, yeah. I want to I want to invest in just a fuckload of swag. Mm-hmm. And I want to take that brand ambassador approach with the podcast. Yeah. So it's like, hey, because like the only the only because the way that the podcast has grown the best is through word of mouth. Yeah. So I want to stretch it out as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. I had this one goal that but due to finances, I wasn't able to make it happen. But mm-hmm. eventually I want to be something associated with me with every dispensary in Oregon. Oh, fuck yeah. Because because it's the ultimate cannabis culture show. Because well, we shit, get high and we chill doing? and we talk. And there's right. artists you can start with the dispensary I work at. Oh yeah, for Send sure. Let's go ahead and look in. Uh, what you got here? Puff pre rolls. Um, those are in house cannabis pre rolls. Yeah, those are in house um, nice. cannabis. Smooth, packs. tasty flower pre roll packs. 
cannabis pre-roll packs nice. yeah you know but like networking yeah. with uh we're a mom and pop shop you know and That's like dude if you look out into like um just talk you know asking around about how other companies within the industry are doing like it's been rough recently mm-hmm. and so like i'm pretty blessed to um be in a spot where like we're doing pretty decent and we're in fact trying to do like events and stuff so like you know we can connect and see how to make that for sure one thing i really wanted to do and you'll be a part of this now too is i want to put on a massive hippie speedball podcast music festival where i literally have every artist that's ever been on the show just come and perform a super dope set because it's been such a who's who of portland that has come on and graced their presence on the podcast dude like Like, that would be amazing do you have like any venues in mind so i did have edgefield but they said no um yeah so but i also like apparently there's a really really dope little event spot that's actually over in canby and i checked it out today okay and it's fucking sick really like, how big is it it's huge like it can easily because they, they have this one thing that they put on there called hair fest where it's like a bunch of like 80s metal tribute bands and shit like that and oh, like classic I rock saw, tribute no, bands. i saw that flyer come through my shop it's actually it's a lot of fun actually okay because they have booze flowing it's a bunch of cover bands yeah. that play music that you already know it seems so, really cool it's a lot of fucking fun okay. it's it definitely there's so just get used to there's kind of a hillbilly vibe for sure because it's out in canby and everything but it's a lot of fucking fun yeah it's a blast I mean, Oregon, so. oh 100 right 100 <laughs> but um they have the, the fairgrounds like slash area that they have there mm-hmm. is a really really dope spot so it'd be okay. good enough to put a stage have some fucking food vendors and mm-hmm. drink like fucking beer gardens and drink mm-hmm. venues and like all sorts of different okay. shit and just put on like a massive massive that would be show so fucking cool like how cool honestly like okay so i i grew up going to um Flognaw festivals are you familiar with that mm-hmm. tyler the creator for i know tyler the creator man like a period of um what had to be like eight years maybe seven or eight years consecutively was um throwing a carnival festival mm. um out in la and see something like that is man dope. it was that's what life i'm talking changing, about dude like that's, that's what kind of like one of the th- main things that inspired me to even just do what i'm doing see, is a that, carnival like, environment would be sick too like yeah. i didn't even think about that dude, right like, i didn't even think about it that. was amazing and it's just like seeing um you know because i've been he's one of my biggest um influences just in general tyler creator kanye west um i love kanye west team kanye I know. I, love, <laughs> I miss the old Kanye. He's um, trying to expose the Illuminati. That's why they're getting mad. He's had enough man. of their shit. Same, uh, like the Marvel's Illuminati. Have you seen Doctor Strange too? Oh, damn. Sorry, spoiler. Spoiler alert. I was oh talking God. about the actual like evil <laughs> no, people but that it's, are running I know, society. but it's that's why. Okay, that's why it's funny that Marvel put the Illuminati in a movie. Dude, and it's biblical. Like, it, it's even biblical that the devil would show its own face. It's Dude. literally saying, "Hey, I'm evil." by the way like i'm the one that's doing all this shit and, and humans would still be okay of course i mean that's human and who would do it best marvel yeah the ones on. taking over the shit that's why i feel i'm such a hard dc fan like i'm such a hard dc fan and i'm just so i'm so pissed off at the way they've been fucked did you watch the snyder cut of justice league no you gotta okay. check it out bud. i know because i've been told to check it out you i need to, to it's I also a commitment it, though like, it's almost like it's, it's an almost energy. four hour movie it's a commitment i know and that's but it's why a I need fucking to, like, four right hour energy. work of art it's amazing okay how do you feel about the new batman what is the opinion of so i haven't i actually haven't watched it yet Mm. um but from the trailers and stuff like that i was really excited about it i am 
And honestly, okay. so I don't really care. I, I used to be like really like, no, they could never play Batman. But Heath Ledger got us all to shut the fuck up because everybody said he would be a terrible Joker. And he killed it, and it killed him, unfortunately. Yeah, right. But like, he fucking murdered that role. People said the same thing. I don't know, right? <laughs> thank you, thank you. Be here all week. But uh, also, Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker. Same fucking thing. He's what my an favorite. amazing yeah. movie! Oh my god! What an amazing. I'm kind yeah. of pissed they're making a second one. I'm a little upset about it. I didn't it. know that they were making a yeah, second one. I think are. they should have just one and done. Hundred percent. That, that was like... also so. Uh, Todd Phillips, the director, he said that originally. But really? then also okay. he said the only way that it would happen is if the perfect story came and we would do it. So it makes mm. me wonder, what is it? If it's like, because he had the same exact opinion. He's mm. like, no, I don't want to make a second one. Like, why would you want to add on to that? Yeah, like, dude, it was so, so perfect. Good. Yeah. Okay. And the cool thing is about DC, though, is they invented the multiple universe stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that's their fucking thing. The only reason why Marvel is pushing that so hard right now is because DC is about to start putting them in their fucking place when it comes to movies and shit. Dude, and because right now, they've them. already officially, they're, they're going to connect every single DC movie that's ever been made. Back to like the first Superman with like Christopher Reeve. So what I was saying about DC. <laughs> yes. Let's get back into the, like, the core of it. So, right. I know. It's like you're like, obviously you're amped up about this. So. <laughs> well, no. So the thing is, is like the, there was a lot of fuckery that went on with the uh, Justice League movie. So, okay, yeah. Tell me more because so, I know like very little. I just know that there was fuckery mm-hmm, that right? happened. That's still so. recording, right? Okay, cool. Um, so, like, yeah, there was a lot of shit that was going on with the Justice League movie because mm-hmm. originally Zack Snyder was making it, but his daughter committed suicide mm. and he wasn't able to finish the movie. Okay. So he hired Joss Whedon, the creator of his competition. So the creator of like the Marvel movies with John Favreau is Joss Whedon and John Favreau visualized the whole Marvel universe that you're watching right now from from Iron Man one, like literally that's all been planned out everything Mm -hmm. that's going on. And Mm -hmm. so they were the the brainchilds of this shit. So he hires Joss Whedon to go and finish Justice League and Mm -hmm. he just butchers it. Like and everybody knows that he just went in and sabotaged the product because also he had like beef with like Ray Fisher who played Cyborg in the Justice League movie. Okay, and he had beef with Ray Fisher on there, and you can see in the in the original theatrical release mm-hmm. that like Cyborg is just basically kind of a secondary character. But mm-hmm. when you watch the Snyder cut, he's like a major plot of the movie. Okay, there's so many fucking scenes and crazy shit that they took out because yeah. it was supposed to be a really really long movie because yeah. it also is broken into chapters. And it's supposed to tell a huge story and you're kind of familiar with everything, but they would mm-hmm. take things that happened way later or a different, a different part and then not explain its origin, mm-hmm. you know, because like, have things like all over yeah, the place. because yeah. also like there was like a, they were like in a period wherever there was a time in the comic book universe where Superman loses his mind. Mm. Like, and it's because uh, the Joker kills Lois Lane. Okay. And then he literally flies over and fucking punches a hole through the Joker and just basically says, okay, I don't like humans anymore. I'm a God now. And that's exactly what he does. And he just fucking says, fuck it. And he just does whatever he wants. Sounds there's all like these a different bit of a Homelander. Shout out the boys. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's like a little bit of uh, there's like, you know, because there's um, so many different versions of all these different people. And also mm-hmm. Michael Keaton already can already confirmed that he's mm-hmm. coming back to play Batman. Really? Yes. That's what I'm saying. That's what they're doing is Shit. they're about to fucking. Yeah. Okay. 
they're about to rub their nuts all over Marvel's face. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they're going to no, be like, I've we've been, been a, doing this shit forever. <laughs> living under a rock. I had no idea about all of this. Oh, yeah, I'm a giant yeah. geek for this shit, though. Like, you know, I, I pay an, an obnoxious amount of attention to this stuff. So, but it's okay. At least I can inform you and the people listening and watching. Yeah. So I know what is, the Snyder Cut is available to stream mm-hmm. on like, is it on Hulu? What is no, it's it on? on HBO Max. That's what it's on. Yeah, so it's on HBO Max, but it's worth it because also mm-hmm. HBO Max is a fucking dope ass stream. I know, service. yeah, it's I one of my favorites. It. Do you watch Boardwalk Empire yet? Uh, no, I don't. I think your daughter's. Oh, what's up, love? Yeah. You know, I had to like grow to be okay with cats. Um, oh, he's cute. I'm definitely a dog person, but like that's a cute cat. No, me too. Me too. I'm for real? Yeah. A, oh, for real. Okay. Cool. I wish we had a dog. He's a good boy. Oh. See, yes. He just wants to be in the spotlight, dude. Oh, yeah. No, he always needs to. I got a yeah. good picture of him like and shit like that. Yes. He's a good okay. boy. Uh, He's like, oh, yes. Oh, give me the rubs. I love <laughs> I loved the human rubs. <laughs> How old is he? He is, I think he's three now. Oh, Something like that. Mm-hmm. Still pretty young. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also, we have another one. He's hiding in the bedroom, but his name is Bones. Okay. Yeah, and he's like a little black and white one. <laughs> when I was growing up with dogs, like that was a big rule. Like yeah, they weren't even allowed real. in the kitchen. Like mm-hmm. and then yeah, big thing like no counters, nothing. No, exactly. And especially yeah. it's like it was, and also especially with cats because they're literally stepping their own shit and Dude, piss all the time. And they can straight hop up on any fucking counter. Exactly. Like, it's so hard to keep them. They probably do it when we're not looking and when we're sleeping and oh, gone. Yeah. Obviously, Definitely. they they probably do that and they're all like in our sleep. They're like <laughs> like yes. their little claws are fucking <laughs> flipping us off <laughs> that's what i've like grown to appreciate cats is just their like independence and like their their emotions are funny like yeah i love dogs loyalty um but like yeah. but man our, our cats, cats will are... really say fuck you and but our cats hilarious. are kind of like the cool thing is, is the reason i like them is because they're kind of like dogs mm-hmm. like i mean like they're literally like they'll be right there at the fucking door whenever we walk in like and yeah. gizmo will literally like even when you guys came to the door yeah he knew somebody was coming mm-hmm. so he fucking goes and just sits on the edge and he's just like what's going on yeah like but then i think once he realized it wasn't somebody he knew he just kind of stood on the other side of the couch that's why he's he was like, just chilling there yeah <laughs> like, just was, like let me assess for a second yeah then, for real yeah. like but then mm-hmm. also bones is like really curious too they're both fucking super dope but bones mm-hmm. is an asshole like he's like what you mean like what does he do like i mean he's just you know like he's just feisty like you know Mm -hmm. you can only pet him a certain way for a certain amount of times Mm -hmm. he'll let you know he's really quick to hiss like you know Mm -hmm. he's like Mm -hmm. but not like all the time he'll let you fucking he likes to be on shoulders that's his spot okay yeah that's how he likes to be held the most like also he's like kind of like you know, he's like my familiar, like he's like, you know, he's my, my, my little buddy. I've had mm-hmm. like, I, whenever he is a tiny little kitten, um, I was like, you know, because I was like just working from home and taking care of Juniper and shit. So mm-hmm. I, I was the one that took care of him all the time and mm-hmm. I would fucking, um, just put him in my hoodie pocket. Yeah. And so I would like, <laughs> yeah. he was a little, like a little marsupial. He would just <laughs> chill in my pocket with a little tiny kitten head just poking out. Yeah. And then you know, I would, I'd give him his food and shit like that and put him down. But if I needed to do anything, because he was always around my feet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, fine. And I just fucking yeah. just stuck in my pocket and he fucking just loved chilling. it. Yeah, exactly. Chilling, yeah. And ever since then, that guy's been like my little shadow cat. He fucking yeah. follows me everywhere. How long have you had him? Uh, so we got him actually like right around the time I started the podcast. It was like October of 2020. Okay. So almost two years okay, now. And I got yeah. him when he was like a couple weeks old. Damn. Like, yeah, he was like maybe two weeks old, if that. Mm-hmm. He was like brand new, tiny, fucking high pitched. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the high, high pitched one. Yeah. But the reason I got him is like, uh, also is because like his fucking, the way his face looks is really cool mm-hmm. because he has like his that. colors little... are, are beautiful. The... Yeah. yeah. Oh, Gizmo. Yeah. The gray one. No, no, no. The, oh, the, the or black, the, yeah, black the black and white one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way bones. that they kind of like. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. The way like because also kind of looks like he's wearing a cape. Mm-hmm, like because mm-hmm. it starts around his eyes and then it literally goes all the way to his back. Yeah, like all the way down his back to his tail. Yeah, <laughs> like and he has. I'm like, gonna have to like really pay attention next. Time yeah, and then here. also the reason I called him Bones though was because we got him around Halloween time, mm-hmm. and also if you look on his nose, he has a little black triangle. Like he kind of looks like a skull. Mm-hmm. Like he has like kind of like a little mm-hmm. skull feature, and I was like, you know, call him Bones. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> right that's really cute yeah, yeah. yeah and he's like fucking he's also the small one so he has to fight extra hard to gizmo and he, yeah. he likes to he'll fuck with them but then gizmo will flip him over and put him in his place <laughs> he's just like leave me the fuck alone yeah. <laughs> he fucked with him more in the last place but ever since we moved in here gizmo doesn't take a shit no more really yeah oh, he's absolutely like i'm gonna establish not. For dominance real. Yeah. in this household for yeah sure. he yep. definitely he tries but it's funny because bones is the hunter mm-hmm. like gizmo will sit there and just watch a bug but bones will literally i've seen it happen to where they're both watching one and then gizmo is just watching it and then bones will just walk right past him and come up and just eat it yeah like and i'm like okay i see who the alpha really is yeah. amongst you two like he might be smaller but he rules your ass yep. gizmo yeah <laughs> and it's funny too when you own multiple pets like one will always be the alpha oh like, for yeah. sure it's, it's funny how that always happens that. There's mm-hmm. just like it's like it's so primitive amongst any sort of culture. It mm-hmm. happens with humans. It happens with everything. Mm-hmm. There's always a and and it's weird. Like whenever like um you know it, it's weird that we're all becoming a lot more aware of it. But even mm-hmm. the term alpha kind of has like a weird saying. Like if anybody calls themselves an alpha, yeah, like it's really cringy. And it's usually know? like associated with like masculinity and and in general. And I think it's just always kind which is of just dumb because it's amongst everything. Box, you yeah, know? You know, exactly. And it's just like. Which I mean, females have alphas, like exactly, I mean, like, and like well, and females can display masculinity as well. But for it's, sure, exactly. It's, yeah, it's that's what I'm saying. It shouldn't be talked. It shouldn't be like all chalked up just to men. Exactly. Having this yeah, alpha, like, uh, like what this, it means. What does it mean to be an fucking alpha? Wolves, you know, <laughs> wolves have that fucking have that shit. Yeah, like, no. and, and they're like even amongst the fucking females in the pack. Look at fucking lions and lionesses. Dude, and I believe that they have their kinda, own hierarchy. Exactly, and that's what it is. It's kind of like a balance within um, yeah. communities, within relationships. But it's like, also establishing what tools everybody's best at use for. Exactly, Not everybody's yeah. meant to be a leader, mm-hmm. like you know. And it's like, and it mm-hmm. and it sucks for the people that aren't natural leaders that mm-hmm. really want to be natural leaders mm-hmm. because it also is an acquired skill too. Like you could it learn is. to have that sort of mentality Definitely. and that grab on people and stuff like that. Definitely, but, but it's kind of like how I don't believe everyone is. Um, if you're good at something, I don't believe that that necessarily means that you're good at teaching it to others for sure you know and it's kind of like that same absolutely that's a really good point too because a lot of people think that just because they can do something they can teach other people Mm -hmm. to do it too i do not believe that is true no 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 not even fucking close you know yeah there's there's there's, it's a completely different muscle Mm -hmm. like you know and i remember so when i was learning to play the guitar like um i started when i was 13 and then when i was like 16 17 is when i actually started actually giving people lessons and stuff mm-hmm. like that but for me it was relatively easy yeah because also i'm a, I'm a natural teacher like i'm yeah. really really good at teaching people things like yeah. if i know a subject you're about to know it too mm-hmm. like look how much you know about dc right now Boom. no dude and you understood you it put you me grabbed on it. so much for real yeah. exactly you're dude, welcome I'm a Marvel <laughs> it's all Almost, good yeah. it's all good but i get it all the time it's fine <laughs> you know. but um they'll, they'll come back and everybody be like what the fuck and it's like told you dude i'm about to go watch they, watch the uh you Zack gotta, Snyder watch, you gotta cut, watch it dude, for sure yeah 
but it, it's but like yeah, and, but not everybody has like you said like that's a really good point mm-hmm. that you know because i remember it was a weird thing when i started teaching people to play guitar because like it, it was it was easy for me to do it but it was weird to start accessing that muscle because mm-hmm. i had to also look back to my own primitive mindset on a task or a, uh, mm-hmm. like you know or a skill or whatever it is you know mm-hmm. like you have to look back at okay how did my mind work when i was learning this yes and how yeah. could it have worked more efficiently exactly and so it's a weird thing to have to it's do kind of like how would you have helped yourself yes you know? <laughs> exactly and i try to think of that even that way like with parenting it's like mm-hmm. what advice or what sort of thing do i wish that i had mm-hmm. and that's what i try to be mm-hmm. you know and then you just kind of do that generation by generation that's by generation better parents. so you become yeah. better people you know but it's really hard for a lot of people to grasp that Mm -hmm. and i think it's because there's so much like especially these days there's so much like that will get on someone's just like bandwidth we're constantly stimulated Mm -hmm. from every single end it's hard to even focus just on your day-to-day life because you're so distracted by everyone else's fucking day-to-day life and it's weird because humans aren't meant like that no we're only meant to fucking know like the people like in our village yeah like it's like and it's like what maybe like a hundred people max Mm -hmm. like you know it's like a really really small knit community and that's that's about what we're meant to know exactly and that's why it's like social media is cool but like to your point we're only meant to like i feel like really you know have these meaningful relationships with whatever our bandwidth can truly handle so when we put extra on trying to get thousands and hundreds of thousands of um followers or whatever that means clicks likes all of these um things that ultimately mean nothing and we're basically sacrificing our time and energy that we can be putting into these personal relationships for sure you know that's why i like spreading word of mouth exactly because into it establishes these, like, fictional that. relationships essentially for sure you know? and like, just because oh these this person mm-hmm. follows me it's like they don't fucking care about you exactly. like come on man so like, it's like it's cool but like at a certain point we gotta draw a line about yeah. how much energy we really i mean are. unless it's like somebody that you like grew up looking up to or something yeah, like that yeah. or like it's somebody that you really love from something mm-hmm. you know but like i don't know like i always get cringed out whenever someone's like oh this follower this influencer started following following me mm-hmm. like and look how many subscribers or followers they have and i'm mm-hmm. like bro who gives a fuck mm-hmm. i've even had people come to me and say like you should get this person on the podcast dude they have like 150,000 followers and i'm like dude i don't give a fuck yeah. how many followers <laughs> they had dude i used to have a maintenance guy in my apartment complex that worked mm-hmm. catering for like concerts and shit like that mm-hmm. i would rather have somebody like that yeah. on the podcast it's like yep. he's got stories exactly. you know we have shit to talk about exactly and stuff. like i don't give a fuck what your followers are and, and that's why it's like at the end and that of the could day. disappear tomorrow tonight exactly. like it could go away what do you have mm-hmm. putting all your eggs into that that's why i like doing the podcast because this content is mine mm-hmm. like i own this shit exactly i have masters on fucking hard drives Fuck like yeah. you know it's like and it's my shit yeah. i don't have to worry about none of that nonsense yeah dude that's exactly how i feel about like being able to just and that's the beauty of like apartment content creating like you to a degree like are forced to make it all of your own stuff like if you yes. want to get your idea out shit you got to do all the work yourself and get your idea 100%. out that's why I, like, i'm always asking hey is it still recording like i'm looking yep, over there exactly. it's like because i have to be aware of all these different things yep. and it's weird how much bandwidth doing a podcast actually takes up in the moment because well, that's i'm interacting really cool, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you i appreciate <laughs> yeah. that like and i'm interacting with a conversation with you i'm mm-hmm. listening i'm listening to listen not just listening to speak mm-hmm. and i'm listening to what you're saying interacting with what you're saying looking over there making sure the camera's going like there's mm-hmm. so many things going on at once yeah no i can um i can imagine a little bit more now which is um something i think is just like truly admirable to just kind of like but um yeah go ahead what you're saying um but yeah no that's why it's like big shout out to people that like do 
even if you don't do everything yourself, like if you do everything that you can, yeah, nudge, nudge, like wink, wink. it's it's a, like yeah, you know, like I all got my homegirl Mackenzie who's going to be a part of my team, but she has a lot of nice. health problems, so I'm trying to think of something outside the studio she can help me with. Okay, I was thinking yeah, about yeah. like booking guests and stuff like that. Yeah, no, there's always ways that, especially nowadays with like the power of technology yes, and doing yes. things, like there's and ways to remotely. be helpful. Exactly. And that's why I want to Mm -hmm. help her. She wants to be a part of it. And I really want her to be as well. But she Mm -hmm. has a lot of health issues she's dealing with. So I'm like, all right, let's find a way to meet in the middle. Yeah, no, I'm sure sure you'll figure it out. But yeah, no, exactly. Like, because until you can get to that point of being able to build a team, like... Mm -hmm. Checking the camera, checking the you know sound, you. And, and making sure that everything like is and it's the way you need it. How many mm-hmm. people still look down on this sort of thing? Like you're wasting your time. It's, like, it's like, and they're like, why don't you just like? Because I mean, like, yeah, for real, like you yeah. know. And it's like, why don't you just dedicate yourself to something like this or do this or like you know they they think you're lazy because you mm-hmm. want to do it or something like that. Like mm-hmm. you know because it's 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 gonna be hilarious once this is my full time job because my family will be like Dude. get the fuck out of here. Dude, like, because, that's like, the shit I'm on. No, exactly. For real. Like, that's the shit I'm on. Yes, for real. exactly because to your point like everyone tries to kind of everyone tries to put you in a box but no like everyone i think um has an idea of what you should be doing right Mm -hmm. and it's like at the end of the day um only you know what like your true um level of ambition can like where your level of ambition can take you yeah you know and like ambition can come it's how bad do you want it exactly that's what strikes ambition Mm -hmm. desire strikes ambition exactly Mm, and and like that Ooh, you I know, just dropped that, that out off the dome. Yep. Clip that. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> but like, for real, it's, it's, you know, it's funny when um, people kind of approach you and give you ideas of something that is like lesser than what you know you can do. And even if it's hmm. not intentional, right, yeah. it's just still kind of like, okay thanks but no thanks like yeah, I'm, I'm on this other shit like and mm-hmm. i'm gonna continue to do this other shit and even if it's not to the level of other people's standards like that's fuck their standards it ultimately doesn't fucking matter exactly. you know so you, you know, work at your own pace and like well and also mm-hmm. everybody well you're doing something kind of like i'm doing with the podcast in the sense that we're creating our own blueprint we're not mm-hmm. doing the exact same shit that other people do mm-hmm and going back to Scooter Rogers, that's one thing I love about him. Yeah. Is like he he does things his own way. Yes, you know, it's like taking definitely. that Sinatra approach. Mm-hmm, you know, you mm-hmm. do it your way. And that's mm-hmm. the way I fucking live my life by that. Yeah. And so I'm like and it's it's that, that that creates a lot more success. And that because you're you're not going like you look at it this way, it's like when you're trying to do something, it's like trying to get into like a popular nightclub. Mm-hmm. It's like you can you don't know the bouncer, mm-hmm. you don't know have enough money to give to the bouncer, you know nobody inside, you mm-hmm. don't know what the fuck is going going on but you just know that you you know can you just want to get into this club so you have Mm -hmm. to wait in line like everybody else Mm -hmm. the only bummer thing is with that approach is you don't know by the time you get to the door that club might not even be open anymore Mm -hmm. so you just wasted all your time doing the same shit somebody else was doing and it got you nowhere exactly so what my opinion was is okay i could wait in that line for the club or I can go around back, start to bullshit with the line cook who's mm-hmm. on his smoke break, and mm-hmm. he can just let me in through the kitchen. Yep. And now I'm in. Yeah, and I also, could. you're coming in on your own path, so people yep. are like, where did you come from? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know you need to be in there. They just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you're trying to do something like this or music or anything like that, it's yeah. it's like, like I said, you got to take your own approach. You and, have to find your line cook. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what it's about, like 
finding your own path to get to where you want to be only you know where you want to be like if yes. you know you're supposed to be in that club and even if nobody else in that line or around the club knows it to your point like you know you're supposed to be in there exactly you know you know you're gonna fucking get the club popping exactly and so it's it's about um it's about convincing others but not by not but still not sacrificing what you're about so it's kind of like organically convincing others um without like having to convince others because at the end of the day if you know you're meant to be in the club that's what's going to get you into the club Mm -hmm. it's not the fact that you told the line cook right yeah, or it's yeah, like yeah, you're exactly. trying to bribe him or some shit right no, it's because it's you're like, chilling yeah like, it's, you know? it's like you're having a conversation with him it's like yeah you know man i get that shit popping like yeah. come on you know you know I'll well even if you're jumping. just even exactly. if like you're not even saying that you're just letting your energy already say that without even exactly. saying it you know you're exactly. showing it's like you know when you're writing a screenplay you're showing not telling mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. you're just kind of like and that's that and it's it's such an effective approach to do it that way because you never know what kind of doors can be open exactly. you know and it's like trying to be yourself in that manner and also like like you said not like in a bribing sense not like mm-hmm. in a saying like oh you're gonna get something out of me if you do this so it's mm-hmm. like dude I already belong in there exactly. I just I'm having problems with the doorman yeah you know exactly. and one of the reason I learned this approach too is also because there was a time where I was seeing one of my favorite punk bands are called Calabrese okay and I was watching them at the Ash Street Saloon mm-hmm. but I got to meet the singer beforehand okay right and. Yeah. Like we just got to bullshit and talk and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then the person I was with, he ended up leaving. Like he like ended up leaving before the show even started because they didn't go on until like one o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like they were going on fucking, they went on hell late. Mm -hmm. But um, when they were doing their sound check and shit like that, I was just chilling outside. And then the singer comes outside and then he was like, hey, what's up, man? He starts striking up a conversation with me again. He's mm-hmm. like, bro, I'm trying to fucking find a place to take a piss. That fucking line in there is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, there's a club right here next door. I can probably yeah. do that because I was bullshitting with the doorman earlier in the night. Yeah. Just literally just chilling there. Like I was smoking like a black and mild because I always smoke those when I drink. And so I was like smoking a black and mild and I was mm-hmm. just bullshitting with him before mm-hmm. the club was even before anybody was even there. He was just yeah. chilling outside. Yeah. And so I just started BSing with him. And then there was a huge line outside the club. Yeah. And and then I was like, and then I was like, I could probably get you in there. I was just talking yeah. to him with earlier. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, I don't know, man. And so I was like, let's give it a shot. And we walked over there together and I was like, hey, bro, my homeboy's playing in the venue next door, man. But he needs to take a piss real quick before they go on. Can we come inside? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, for sure, bro. And he fucking just opened up the rope. Yeah. Just let. Yeah. yeah. And then all these people were like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> it was like the coolest feeling ever. Yep. And like, I fucking love this band mm-hmm. and I'm chilling with the singer in this place. And then we got to watch a belly dancer like Dude. perform on stage because okay, yeah. at this place they had a big ass stage. Stage and they had like a person that was doing like the fabric dancing yes. up in the rafters and shit. It's tight. It yeah. was fucking dope. They yeah. had a lady doing that and then they had this belly dancer. They just literally yeah. had a dude come on stage. He sat down and started playing a sitar and he just mm-hmm. burned an incense on the amplifier. And That's then the chick awesome. was going around belly dancing and stuff. Yeah. And it was awesome. So he and I had a beer there at that place yeah. while we were, we were only supposed to go in and use the bathroom. But we decided what? to stay and have a beer, watch this belly dancer. See, and that's just and then, energy vibes, you know, exactly. putting yourself out there. And dude. then if you look yep. at that in a metaphorical sense on what you're doing, Mm-hmm. it's so fucking possible mm-hmm. i mean it's like For not sure. only were you able to get in there but you stayed with the singer of the place next door and had Come a beer you yep. know and metaphorically speaking who the fuck knows what that is exactly you know and, exactly. The, and the word of mouth approach like i said is something that's really underutilized because mm-hmm. also i come from a music background mm-hmm. so i'm really used to like flyers on windshields yeah, you know like yeah, it's yeah. like the classic like hey give this a listen you know you yeah. find fans out on the street yep you know just to listen to your shit and also mm-hmm. i was the type that would give away demos for free a lot of yeah. people would sell it and i was like i always said don't just make a fuckload of copies and just give them out 
Just give Dude, them out. I'm saying. like a big. I'm I like digitally, I di- digitally. There we go. Basically, do that. That's like my whole reason why things are on SoundCloud. I know there's other um, platforms, and I want to put things on YouTube too. But like, essentially, it's that. Like, yeah. Because I even if somebody just stumbles available across available for free, yes. exactly. Because everybody likes things that are free, mm-hmm. and also if you use that approach, it builds up your audience faster, so you can really start making money on the road. Mm-hmm. That's when the real money comes in. Because next thing you know, you find out you're popping in the city. Mm-hmm. You go there and you fucking sell two hundred tickets at ten bucks a pop, and that's fucking two G's that you just got for going over there yep. for, to play for what thirty forty minutes. Yep, just to fucking jam out with the people that love you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. all because you were able to kind of see past immediately immediate financial gain to like see the long run and see like what it means to build a base and because at the end of the day like we're just sharing pieces of ourselves so like why are we trying to sell it for so you know like at certain stages of our um artistic creation i'm always i i don't understand why we put so much on um, having some type of monetary gain over it um, because I think that taints the art. I really do. It, it feels you know? gross. Like it, does. it, it honestly, yeah. it feels really, really gross to do that sort of stuff because, like, it's um, uh, like you know, it's it, whenever you're good at something and you realize you're going to start making money off mm-hmm. of it. Thinking about charging people for what you do, it feels so weird mm-hmm. and wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing that with the podcast, like like when it comes to sponsorships and stuff yeah. like that. Because also, I know that people who want to sponsor me, they're going to get their fucking money's worth. Yeah. So I'm not going to ask for like cheap. Like yeah. you know, it's like cause, I mean, mm-hmm. this podcast is growing. It's continuous to grow. You're going to get product placement. You're going to get a 60 to 90 second spot at the beginning of each podcast. Mm-hmm. Weekly fucking posts on all platforms Fuck except TikTok. Yeah. And so like you know, we're doing all this kind of shit. But it's so weird to do that because also I didn't even start this to make money. Mm-hmm. So it's like the fact that I have mm-hmm. to start thinking about that is like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, I never thought we'd be in this position. But it's like, it's, but it's amazing. It, it's cool. But it's like, to me, that's like part of living in uh, not to be like, this is part of living in capitalist America. But yeah, it's kind of part of living in capitalist America mm-hmm. where like, unfortunately, we we live to make money. Ooh. Grab me yeah. water. But uh, go ahead. What you were just saying, um, though, you were talking about the, creating that, art for money, and that like that cutthroat like competition. Dude, you were talking yeah. about so capitalism. Like, I feel like it's it's it, you get to a point to where unless you're like rolling in dough, right? The amount of energy and time you spent on your art, especially if you're taking it seriously, mm-hmm. you kind of get to a point to where it's like you do have to start asking people for money because yeah, for real, you know, no, like and that's you're where, elevating, exactly, and it gets to a point where you're elevating exactly. beyond your budget exactly so and i keep think that's just living in capitalist america like show you gotta yeah. work to live you know and, exactly. and that's where you kind of get put in a weird position, the hard part is when it, it, the, the the really when it really gets gross because capitalism in its raw sense because it, it's it sucks that capitalism has such like a negative stigma on it these exactly, days exactly yeah because, that's why I, like, I want to talk about capitalism without just introducing negativity inherently no I want, you for know, sure just, because well people don't realize it, that you know? it's like no and i'm honestly i'm a capitalist at heart because in its raw sense it's just supply and demand it's mm-hmm. i have something that you want you have something you can give me for that something mm-hmm. that seems perfectly fine mm-hmm. where it gets gross is the the corporate aspect it's monopolies is when mm-hmm. it gets disgusting and that's like my... and that's and that's what that's and that's when people have too much power because mm-hmm. monopolies inevitably intercept with governmental resources mm-hmm. or governmental you know um 
what like you know policies exactly mm-hmm. and like and it always gets convoluted because they're inve- they're invested in these monopolies so the monopolies have to do well for their investments to go up and it just becomes this whole realm of fuckery and monopolies are the problem and really where that to me where that comes from is that unfortunately in the if you really want to get back to like the bare bones of capitalism and like neoclassical ideas of fair comp- fair and essentially equal competition though every idea um kind of that's its foundation is that mm-hmm. we have fair competition and that doesn't exist no so to exactly. build this entire like economy yeah. off of a foundation that's kind of false you're mm-hmm. inherently going to get um the uh monopolies and things that just take advantage of groups of people um that lead to disadvantages and just unfair um starting grounds for mm-hmm. different well, this communities. this also stems back to know? what we were talking about earlier and how humans aren't meant to deal with this many people. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. in like, you know, true like old tribal sense societies where you're just like living out in the middle of nowhere, it was basically just hunter-gatherers. And mm-hmm. that in its raw sense is capitalism too because it was like you have these berries and these plants, we have this mm-hmm. meat, let's all feast together. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and so it was like, that's what we're all meant for. So mm-hmm. when it comes to like this like massive, massive scale, that's when it gets so like convoluted mm-hmm. and there's so much fuckery going on and there's, and there's only a and you few have so to, many backroom deals and yeah there's only really def- a few uh, throughout history to do it really you know you yeah. have things like the roman empire that was able to be this like huge um entity that was lasting right ultimately fail you have things mm-hmm. like chinese dynasties like there are only a few <laughs> to do it to have things of such a large scale in terms of like um um uh, power over um a huge community right mm-hmm. or communities of people or groups of people right and be lasting and sustainable mm-hmm. like as as a whole as a group of people as, mm-hmm. as and i think um not to get back into marvel right but the <laughs> idea <laughs> of it, like bud. you know um thanos right and um <laughs> i do believe yeah go ahead <laughs> go ahead you can keep um well what i was gonna say was i do believe there's like a level of symbolism um not to be like a huge star wars marvel nerd but like there's a level of symbolism in that i still love marvel i just prefer dc oh yeah no i hear you though and i understand why i like understand why even though i don't like true i haven't hell of gone into dc like from what i've experienced and what i've heard the main difference between dc marvel has marvel has more characters Mm -hmm. but dc's characters have a lot more depth that's what i've yeah like they have a lot more depth Mm -hmm. there's a lot more to them so it's more Mm -hmm. worthwhile to follow these individuals Mm -hmm. but go ahead go ahead yeah (laughs) no but like the to me the idea of like thanos and like this reset right where it's like you get to a certain point to where um the universe or um the environment this earth this ball of rock that we live on is overwhelmed right Mm -hmm. um and there has to be something that kind of equalizes it back out yeah that's what i think happens to these you know um big uh powers throughout history oh absolutely um, where it's like eventually they kind of fall you mm-hmm. know like well and you- we're basically experiencing that with america right now mm-hmm. i mean like we're looking mm-hmm. at the fall of the roman empire which is funny because actually in the sense of a nation we are so young mm-hmm. like we are less than 300 years old mm-hmm. like and it, so i think that's it was, why to me we ain't there was shit a, in that regard there was a comic like that time, had a, there was know? a comic that had a bit about this like uh, I think it was, I think it was Rogan or one of those guys. I think it was Rogan, mm-hmm. but he was saying that he was like, he's like, we're less than three hundred years old. People live to be a hundred. That's less than three people ago. Like 
Think of that, dude. Yeah, like only exactly. your great great grandparents were here when it was like it could have been your great great grandparents that were here when the country mm-hmm. started. Like you could have met them, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> dude. Like, and it's so it's it's kind of it's, ridiculous to um think that this power that is um America is going to be as one lasting, yeah, and um two as powerful. Like it's you know I I do believe it's um growing and spreading its um influence right but i do also believe that with every rise comes a fall oh for know? sure so, for and sure kind of and it, it's, really and, it's, and it sucks about. because it's like it's really like a lot of the it, it really is just a lot of the greed you know like that mm-hmm. that really made it fall because that's what makes all civilizations fall mm-hmm. when it sends mm-hmm. is it's greed in the sense of stealing in the sense of stealing stealing the truth from the people mm-hmm. stealing the fucking the food off people's plates mm-hmm. you know the truth like, comes it, out too that's I'm exactly stealing that, people's you know? stealing people's lives by murder and different sorts of weird tyrannical bullshit and stuff like that mm-hmm. this is why it's like my my political views are definitely like a lot more anarchistic in nature because like and not like in the sense of like an anarcho-communist or anything like that Mm -hmm. because i think that's a dumb phrase those are mutually exclusive things Mm -hmm. like how can you be an anarcho-communist anarchy is the complete like abolition like the complete like ice like you know the complete freedom of the oneself but in under communism there is no oneself yourself Mm -hmm. belongs to the state Mm -hmm. so it's like how does that work Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. but in its truest sense it's weird because like like anarchists and libertarians it's like a horseshoe like when it comes to political views it's not a straight line it's like a horseshoe they're all a lot closer than they think and in the raw sense we know that big government doesn't work Mm -hmm. so we're really meant to like i said be kind of like in these smaller communities in Mm -hmm. these smaller tribes and that's what's that's basically what it's coming to because that's also in the end of civilizations as well Mm -hmm. it's like you have a little bit more of tribalness Mm -hmm. that's going on Mm -hmm. so you have people that are kind of withdrawing into their communities kind of like back to basics type yeah for real for real like honestly i just want like a giant piece of property in the woods that has like a ton of fucking like i want like a big chunk of property like out in the mountains Mm -hmm. that has like a ton of elk and deer and all sorts of shit like that living off the land exactly and literally like i said just be hunter gatherers Mm -hmm. because like and then at the end of the day you feast like Mm -hmm. how amazing does that sound Mm -hmm. what are we doing all day we fucking go out we hunt we take a break and we have camaraderie amongst the people that we're hanging out with you know the people go out gather herbs and berries and they Mm -hmm. fucking take a break chill out there by the fucking river get their feet wet get their hair wet you know cool down Mm -hmm. go back to there and then everybody makes their way back to camp at the end of the day we all hang out for a little bit and then we fucking cook up what we just hunted Mm -hmm. we eat up what we just gathered and we fucking feast and then we fucking party we drink a bunch of fucking booze that we made from like mead or something my ancestors (laughs) were vikings okay this is what we fucking did (laughs) we went out on our boats and we fucking ate food and drank and partied (laughs) and that sounds like an amazing life no and that's why i like honestly even like being able to have a garden in whatever your place of dwelling is Mm -hmm. like the closest like side yard is all ours this little side yard yeah and so but it's like what we've never had a yard before so we don't have any yard equipment Mm -hmm. so we're like we're going to be borrowing a a friend of us exactly it's built up yeah we've never fucking had a yard yet so now i've actually got one that we can maintain and shit so we want we want to put like a garden along the whole side but dude that's how you start because it's like okay you start getting these like little gardens in these um places that you're living in and you're like okay so like the next spot that i'm gonna live in this is how my garden's gonna be like and then you start like seeking out yes. for that and it's like they say you can grow like, plot of land after yep. after long you enough can, they <laughs> say you can grow 70 percent of your diet on one third of an acre 
seat. Come that's for now. like a that's for like a family of four. Come on out. That can grow one third of their diets. Like it was seventy percent of their diets on one third of an acre. Mm. Like that's nuts. So you just have people maintaining that, then you have people go hunt some meat, and then but keep in mind, if you just have like a small community, one mm-hmm. elk is gonna feed you for like months. Like that's also yeah, like no, you bro. also wouldn't have to hunt for a minute, mm-hmm. you know. It's no, like, you can, like <laughs> all you need is the the right. You just need to have it, be in the right spot with the right resources around. Hundred percent. But what's set, really funny dude, is how set. abundant those resources actually start to become once humans are actually taking a break. Because mm-hmm. whenever the pandemic first happened, mm-hmm. there was all these animals that just came out of the woodwork and were just mm-hmm. like, "Whoa, humans are gone. Let's party!" Yeah. Like there was bears coming out on the street. Yep. Deer were always coming out. Like mm-hmm. it got. Like the deer were getting overpopulated because there couldn't be people like there were there was parks were shut down and stuff like that. And so like whenever people are taken out of the mix, those resources just gather themselves Mm -hmm. right the fuck back up. Yeah, no, right and they're the like, dude, up. the humans are gone for a second. Let's have our moment. Exactly. Like, yeah, so imagine no, like shit real. goes, to shit, like, you know, shit hits the fan. Everybody's like, you know, the cities are an absolute fucking mess. Mm-hmm. So and naturally people like us split out for the forest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's going to be so many fucking animals that are about to start coming out of the woodwork. No, because I, of just I everybody's like, whoa, shit, we got all this land now. Let's go ahead and move in, guys. Yep. <laughs> and so you have fucking herds of elk walking through fucking streets in Portland. Yep. Like, you know, and it's like they're fucking coming down from Washington Park and, and like they came through some little patchy forest area came down and there's fucking like you know all sorts of deer and shit like that like that's i mean it easily could happen mm-hmm. and that's why i want like a plot of land too so i could have that like mm-hmm. i want to have my ultimate goal is to have like a gigantic like plot of land i'm talking like a hundred plus acres mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. huge land with mm-hmm. a giant forest some streams rivers going through shit like that and then what i want to do is i want to have like a central point but then I want to have trails that go into different little spots mm, to where I could have okay. friends and family that I want to, if they needed to escape, they could yeah. come to this plot of land. It's like the bug out spot. For real. Like, like and it would be central out in the middle of nowhere. It would be completely secure around the perimeter. Like there yes. would be like four barriers they have to get through before yeah. they even got to us. Yes. And so it would be very secure and there would be uh, everybody would be equipped with four wheelers. Mm, see that are all run on solar. Solar powered okay, four wheelers. So we get a spot, right? We get a spot. Buddy. We get a spot. <laughs> like, it, yes. it would be one of those things. Like it would be like you know, have the coordinates to like a handful of people. Yes. You know, and then that way, <laughs> if shit ever hits the fan, it's like, all right, go ahead and just meet me there. Mm-hmm. And then you know that also you have all these resources around. Mm-hmm. So you go in the early in the day, you put out a fishing net and just stretch it across a stream. Yeah. And then you just fucking wait for your Boom. fucking pile to catch up. Boom. That's yep. the best thing to do in a survival situation too. That's one of the first things that you probably want to build. If you have enough daylight to do it, build mm-hmm. yourself a fishing net. If you know that okay. you're probably going to have to camp for a while, yeah. like, and you have to stay put, survive where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a, a stream nearby, build a net. That way you can just stream it across mm-hmm. and you can just make it out of like cordage that you can find, or mm-hmm. you can just build, you know, you can make it, you can even start it with like your shoelaces, you know, about that because i do have different like like line and string good good like paracord yes yeah you gotta have some 550 paracord yes i just recently got the paracord too i've been slipping i should have been had that yeah yeah, when you have the paracord a lot of people don't know this is you can actually uh cut it and then inside the paracord is like all the small little Mm -hmm, lashing pieces mm -hmm. yeah and they all have like the same strength Mm -hmm. so that's also a good way to make like a bow yeah and, see, and that's why i was like oh i need to get this paracord because i didn't mm-hmm. realize how like versatile and it's, what you what yeah you really and the reason for it. those that don't know the reason why it's called 550 paracord is because it holds 550 pounds like that's 
nuts. Yes. Like that's fucking, and that's one strand of it. Yeah. Like that's on a single strand of paracord. Mm -hmm. Like that's how much it fucking holds. Bug out tips. Right. And also you can make yourself almost like a fucking, um, like a, like a rope bridge to go in between a stream if you ever needed to. Because you could literally just string it from one tree, mm-hmm. go all the way across, make it super tight, and then get yourself a handle. Yeah. So you can just make yourself a fucking rope bridge. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> if you See, ever need it across. Also, a, a thing I'd have in your bug out bag, too, is an inflatable pillow. Tips. An inflatable pillow. Because, yeah, not only is it going to be more comfortable when you're mm-hmm. actually resting, but also it acts as like a flotation device. So if you actually do need to cross any river, you mm-hmm. can hold on to that and put your pack on the pillow. Dude, okay. And then, you, yeah, because I have one, one that when you blow it up, it's like about like... I don't know, like about this big. So maybe like a oh, couple, a like, ass, yeah. yeah, it's like a couple feet long and maybe like, you know, like 18 inches wide. Yeah. And so, but it blows up to be a nice little comfy pillow and you could fucking just throw it. And also it folds up to be like that fucking big. Yeah. If you do it right. And it, it weighs nothing. Do, do you have one of those little like stoves um, that like, it'll, that like you piece together and shit? Yeah. It's yeah. basically like you have the whole setup. You have like the, the, um, the pot, the pan and everything. And yeah. Like, breaks down to like this big yeah yeah i have a whole little mess kit in there and shit yeah i have like the coolest thing it's fucking so handy to have Mm -hmm. remember me and my uncle we were out just like like we wanted to go like trail camping and so we just had Mm -hmm. what we had on us and we literally just brought like some like fucking like canned goods like some soup and then just like a like some like plastic bowls yeah and so we just were out there and just used our little stoves Mm -hmm. out in the middle of nowhere and Mm -hmm. shit and it's it's crazy what you can actually like do when you're actually out there and also how little you really need to eat like, yeah, like, you, yeah. Like you're honestly, you're fine with just like a can of soup and maybe some jerky you brought with you. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but I always need booze when I'm camping, so I need like some whiskey or something like that with me. Okay. <laughs> weed. Weed well, and weed too, and weed too. I, I like to drink, I like to smoke, but yeah. I also I do enjoy some good whiskey. Yeah. But in the yeah, so an inflatable pillow was a really good one to have, and those stoves That's are really handy one. too. Yeah, the pillow though, I I never thought about that. And just a classic canteen. Mm-hmm. because also mm-hmm. you can store that for fucking whatever you need mm-hmm. and everything and and a lot of them um, a lot of like really good grade like military canteens like if you you can boil the water inside of them oh okay yeah so if you get like a good metal canteen yeah. like you can actually just use that to purify your water right i know there tips you for go. days you've been putting <laughs> me on so many survival hey no tips, problem you know? there's also there's cool ways there's so much shit you can also just learn from books and youtube mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. but then also going out and practicing these things too like mm-hmm. getting used to having like start a fire and shit mm-hmm. like one thing i can't do i've only done it once but i can't do it like quickly is do like a fire plow to where you like you have like so you have like a piece of wood that you use like it could be like a flat piece of wood preferably Mm -hmm. and then you basically take like you hold it at an angle and you take a stick and then you just drive it up yeah and you just do that and so like and then eventually it catches a little ember Mm -hmm. and you already have the tinder built on the bottom and Mm -hmm. shit one of the things when it comes to starting a fire though it's all about prep that's okay. that's the ninety percent of it because that's the most work you're really going to be doing because if you're not ready mm-hmm. when that ember strikes you're going to start you're all over again okay and yeah. it will fuck you up because it yeah. takes a lot of energy to start a fire especially yeah. in those situations yeah so you want to have like you know your tinder your kindling your fuel you want to have it gradually building up in pieces so mm-hmm. you can slowly get that flame going mm-hmm. get some nice bed of coals right there so that way you can use that for cooking and you can yeah. keep fires going and shit like that see okay yeah i i want to have more like experience just building fires because you know i'll 
think camping you'll light a little fire but not in those like survival yeah ways that i feel like i should be yeah so one of these days just go to a camp go to one of those like go to that clackamas river trail Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. just go along there because there's so many camping sites that are just along the trail where people already built fire pits just go practice out there you know just go out for the day bring a bunch of weed and just bring like you know a few different ways to start a fire i would recommend Mm -hmm. getting a magnesium and flint I do have one of those. Okay. Mm-hmm. Try it with that because that's, in my opinion, one of the best ways to start a fire. Okay. Cool. And so what you want to do at first is you want to shave a bunch of pieces of the magnesium off. Mm-hmm. Like you just want to shave it down as thin and as like many as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Have like your little tinder ready to go mm-hmm. because that and like and basically put it on like a dry piece of tinder mm-hmm. because as soon as it sparks, that magnesium is going to light up. And then it'll start to burn whatever the fuck it's touching. And it touching. needs to be in the right, it, it needs to like, be position. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I've done it where I've literally just had it sitting on like a dry leaf. Mm-hmm. And then I just had it like the little ball, like a little stack of magnesium on this mm-hmm. dry leaf. And as soon as I hit it, that leaf started going. Yeah. And then I just had like some moss that I slowly started putting on it. And then yeah. some twigs that I had broken down. Okay. And then just slowly build the fire up. It just takes, also takes a lot of patience. Sense. Yeah. Too. So it's Next like build it up slowly. Smoke, yeah. Yeah. Don't put too much on it at once. Like, just realize, okay, you got getting the coal and getting the first flame mm-hmm. is like when you're doing it, like without a lighter, mm-hmm. it's like the coolest feeling in the world. Yeah. Because you're like, I did it. It's like empowering <laughs> damn near. Exactly. Yeah. Like, this is reason why fucking like cave people got off on that shit. Yeah. They were like, I made fire. Yeah. <laughs> because also, there's a primitive sense of like, tonight we feast <laughs> because now we can cook our elk. Yes. Heat. Yeah. No. Oh, I love that shit yeah so you were gonna bust out a little freestyle or a little, oh, little no. verse that you broke out i have a pre-written verse i will not call it a freestyle hey, keep in mind <laughs> a freestyle also can be written it's you also know, just a verse that's free of style i call that, I call that free verse i am okay, one I of those that. yeah i'm one of those people that just i believe freestyle means off the dome shout out a revolution for also being a firm advocate of that and in fact hosting cypher saturdays about like once nice. a month she's a dope that's someone you should have on this podcast though. yeah for yeah, sure like, i'll check her out that sounds awesome dope. yeah but she hosts these um cypher saturdays What's her name? a revolution a revolution yeah okay. I'll, I'll send you her information yeah, I was gonna say. yeah no she's she's thai um i particularly um, admire her for um just her advocacy for off the dome freestyles because personally like i've always believed that that's what the definition of a freestyle see i I agree with you but also i know there's technically two different versions of it but i don't believe it no (laughs) (laughs) no i will not subscribe to that no honestly i won't um and that's fine like i'm not gonna be like you're wrong but like um my definition of a freestyle is off the dome like okay so yeah everyone's cool with it you know there's technically yeah i really love whenever people can like throw words at somebody while they're freestyling Dude, and they yeah it. and I like scooter rogers has one of the cool man i can't find that rich he did one in um brave and fortune studio with trista and nice. i think trista like through a, a bunch of um nice That's random dope. words and i'm like trying to find that video yeah, and i, I can't have, find i wouldn't it. mind have trista on the show too yeah no i have uh she hosted late lyrics that's like the only interaction i've ever okay. really had i'm about her. to have jimbo from across the street on oh okay for yeah sure. and i think yeah. we're gonna do like a collab because i think i'm also because i think his people are coming too so i think i'm also gonna be on cross yeah. the street that's, that's awesome. what we were talking about doing i'm not i can't i don't know for sure that's what we had talked about doing before mm-hmm. we were supposed to do the episode but then we all caught covid damn yeah and so yeah. we had to reschedule mm-hmm. and that was the original plan is that we were just going to do like a crossover and mm-hmm. shit so i don't know where we're going to film it around here i mean you know you'll yeah. figure it out you'll figure it out but yeah I'll, I'll find a cool spot yeah. and everything or he'll find a dope spot but that's going to be a lot of fun no for that's sure. going to be cool no i just had a homie on cross the street um 
he goes by Mr. Mitchell himself. Uh, shout out him. He oh, shouted okay. me out. I across that one. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. dope. Um, I had him actually at my birthday party, which thank you for stopping by at that. Absolutely, too. bud. Yeah, that was a lot that of fun. Was, um, at Slaptown. Um, Those fucks from the fucking social club were supposed to save me a spot at their table, and I had to fucking basically steal someone's chair and pull up with like and kind of off to the oh side. God, yeah, no. fuck you guys for that. <laughs> yeah. No, but thank you for still showing up. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, I came yeah, there for that you, was, not like, them. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the first um like the first show i've ever thrown um and so for it's it to a success have, buddy it was dude, popping there thank you like it for it to I have been walking that in, well. i was like damn yeah. there's a lot of fucking peeps dude, here that place is tight too it's like, all right it's yeah. all right i could I, I wish they would change the setup just a little bit yeah because that kind of like that horseshoe shape that they mm-hmm. kind of have with it's it makes it hard. makes mm-hmm. it awkward to walk through mm-hmm. like it makes you feel like you're walking on like a catwalk and everybody's mm-hmm. just staring at bit. you yeah like and you're just like whoa like I don't like walking in a sea of people that way when it's just like I everybody is just doing that. Like I'd be afraid to do that at my own wedding. No, like, dude, there's I just feel so that. many people just walking outside of me. It's like sitting on stage is one thing. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's why it was kind of um, it was interesting trying to figure out where was where was the best um, place to put the stage, if you will. We didn't have a stage, but like where to set up because I was like, man, you're like having to kind of like walk through other like vendor well i didn't i had two vendors but like other tables set up to get to like a comfortable position but like i just really enjoyed that we were able to smoke in there like that was yes most definitely that was sick Um, i want to eventually open up my own cannabis lounge so i can show these fucks how to do it right for real bro i have so many amazing ideas yeah dude like it's a safe environment um of that nature is just kind of like I would run it's mine unmatched, like a, I'd, dude. I'd, like, I'd, it's I'd, so cool. I would run mine like a speakeasy. Yeah. Like okay. it would be it would be literally something you have to get invited to yes, go. Yes. Like, yes. And it would be literally just all word of mouth. There would yep. be no advertising for it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And that place would fucking thrive. Yeah, no. Dude. <laughs> like and everybody like, would be like, dude, this place is sick. And <laughs> to me, it's all about the vibes. Like if you have the right vibes in there, mm-hmm. like it's gonna last yeah. it's gonna stay and there you know, became like it, it, the, the social club was amazing there just also became just kind of like this cattiness environment that was kind of there and i don't you like, know and i think it, it's just so kind of up in the air given that like we're in this um environment of illegality still in a lot of ways and so the way people move um just within the cannabis industry um and everything related in general kind of has that vibe to me oh absolutely it's like it's like a high school lunchroom and i didn't like i didn't like that shit in high school exactly (laughs) i I didn't like that exactly so people you know people do things like um in this kind of like shady uh with this like shady approach just in general you know and they're always kind of like looking to get one over on other people or so i have experienced there's so much fucking immaturity it's like dealing with a bunch of fucking children like you know know, and and what's really funny is they're all doing the stuff that would get you fucking slapped on the streets like that's what's weird like they're all doing it just because they have the fucking protection of legality mm-hmm. and that pisses me off mm-hmm. because it's just like and dude, that's that, like, that doesn't give area, you permission yeah. to be a fuck bag mm-hmm. like you know or just like or acting like such a fucking kid mm-hmm. you know it's like grow the fuck up dude mm-hmm. let's just do our goddamn thing let's make some money let's have some fun yeah like that's what this is all about is enjoying ourselves exactly and like, exactly you know building a community you mm-hmm. know and um i think 
I think I'm, a lot of the sorry, I just want to no, drop this ahead. out yeah, there. Yeah, I ahead. think a lot of like the rise of like the cannabis influencers mm-hmm. it, it plays a big part of it because mm-hmm. now everybody's chasing like fortune and fame and mm-hmm. not like family and community mm-hmm. like it used to be. And healing. Like yeah. that's what this plan is. It used to be like you wow. run into another like remember like back in the day, like the like I don't know, you I don't know if you probably remember this because I mean how how old were you whenever legalization happened? Um in California? Or in Oregon because I was in, I'm from California so ooh so um I was born in 1997 and it, there was medical legalization okay, at least okay. always kind of present mm-hmm. but year, even but even know, in the so. med only days there mm-hmm. was still the black market vibe though Definitely. like there was still oh, yeah. the underground cannabis culture it was thriving culture, it was yeah. thriving and everybody still because there used to be this vibe like you would run into another stoner and be like what's up buddy exactly like, you know and then mm-hmm. it would be like this kind of thing now it's just like well my dispensary is better than yours yeah like right? it's <laughs> like what the fuck man yeah you know who fucking cares yeah like, and I, it's and i think it's leading to the demise of like everyone because oh, no, now that sure. it's like this doggy dog culture that yeah. um nobody's really everyone's just screwing everybody over yes. is what i've come to see and they all just want to be really famous sucks. that's why it also irritates me when i see like a handful of celebrities getting into the weed game like and i'm mm. like bro like come on well because i you know a handful of them just kind of get in for the wrong reasons meaning um not you know whatever you're like like there's certain ones reasons, that are but good like, but like tyson i can get behind mm-hmm. like because mike tyson's dude always his ear bites are awesome those are so cool that's such a genius move on his I end know. so it's genius awesome, like i can get behind him or like woody harrelson opening up his smoke lounge what? yeah he opened up a smoke lounge called where? uh i can't remember where it's called i want to say it's in do you know where it's at? I think it's in LA. Is it in LA? LA? What? I think it might be in California somewhere. But I know I think it's called like That's the Woods tight. or something like that. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. And so he had opened up his own cannabis lounge and like but there's certain like, you know, because he's always been with weed though. Like mm-hmm. he's always been a weed guy. So mm-hmm. there's a certain handful of people it's like, all right, yeah, you should be in on mm-hmm. it because you've been in the grassroots and stuff. But like mm-hmm. when I heard like fucking like Justin Bieber has his own weed line and there's a handful of other that. people. That's yeah, funny. and I'm like, bro, come on. It's like even if you did, did smoke weed, but mm-hmm. you weren't like out there in the face of cannabis culture, risking your reputation and your fucking freedom to, it's to the green fight rush, for man. something. Everybody's coming it's in. Gross. Everybody's it's coming gross. in. I have a handful of OG stoner cannabis people that are gonna be kind of like coming on the podcast. I had mm-hmm. one that was on. His name is Joe Pietri. They call him the King of Nepal. Okay, and he was the like one of the number one hash smugglers back in the sixties and seventies. Oh, Insane stories. Like this dude's in my phone. Dude, like, that's awesome. Isn't that crazy? And to your point, it's just like putting our energies out there and seeing what the fuck comes back to 100%. us. You know, like and you, yeah, that's sick. And you raise a really good point with putting your energy out there because whenever you really focus on doing that, it's amazing mm-hmm. what you can actually mm-hmm. do. I did mm-hmm. that when I was in Vegas and I, uh, the first time I ever went out for the G4 Live and the Cannabis and the Bud Tender Awards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I went out there and it was amazing fucking time. Yeah. And then the, the first time I went there though, I went there to go network for the podcast. Okay. And I told myself that I want to put out as much energy as I possibly possibly can mm-hmm. like i want to put out so much energy within myself like to be able to the point where you, when you walk in there's a few heads that just naturally will yep. f- go your way mm-hmm. so that's the kind of energy i wanted to put out and it fucking worked yes. like a charm that's yes. where i met my mentor that's where i fucking uh started meet all these dope people and i've mm-hmm. done crossovers with all sorts of dope people and we mm-hmm. had a great time in vegas and it was just such an epic epic weekend especially for the podcast only being eight months old at the time oh, hi. Yeah, yeah and i just go there and i'm just up. meeting all these super dope people and shit yeah. but to what you said about putting out your energy that was what i think was the most effective thing mm-hmm. because you have to also think of it like have you ever had um 
this is something that kind of takes a little practice, but it's, it's really easy to do once you kind mm-hmm. of understand it. You ever like whenever someone's about to walk around the corner, mm-hmm. you can kind of feel their presence mm-hmm. before they even walk in. Mm-hmm. So it's that exact same energy, mm-hmm. but it's just being able to find it within yourself and push it outwards. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's through meditation. It can be done. And it's like, you know, it's really a lot more simple to do, but it takes a lot of focus and you mm-hmm. have to really want it. That kind of like pushes what we were talking about, like how the desire exactly. is what creates that sort of thing. It's exactly. like, how bad do you want it? Yeah. Until it like organically starts happening. Right. Because yes. all you end up, you know, thinking about or just, you know, eventually shaping your life into doing is um everything in that direction of what it is that you're striving for right Mm -hmm. and so i think your energy kind of naturally will just like fall behind that and just Mm -hmm. matching that motivation um you know kind of being in sync with what that goal is and that is essentially like that energy that gets put out and Mm -hmm. you know people will see it people will receive it you know Mm -hmm. and um and match it with you um what i've found is (laughs) unfortunately some people kind of will see it and um take advantage of it as well and that's kind of been like something oh I've, yeah dude i've like had to really um, that's something you're definitely going to find out dude, dude because you're also super super talented so the people Thank that you. are doubting you right now mm-hmm. are definitely going to be the ones that'll be hitting you up in the future oh dude like, and, like, and i'm sure it's already happened there's just you know i've had experiences of people just you know i i, f- I think that they um have my best interest more than they actually do just because they vocalize it right and it's um and it's you know it can't to a degree it's not even their fault because i think people are inherently selfish not even like in a negative connotation selfish that's just we live life for ourselves well yeah mostly you know right we we evolved because we had to look out for fucking leopards around us you know so So, like like, we're always to to a degree kind of watching our backs um and so yeah like just having to manage um having energies coming back at you that ultimately or you know even if it's just like you can only handle certain energies to a certain degree otherwise it gets past to a point where it starts becoming detrimental to you and your energy right like well it's because you can only go so long before you're on an empty cup exactly you know before nobody's filling your glass exactly and that's like at the end of the day like you have to have your glass filled as well mm-hmm. otherwise what are you even doing well, <laughs> like, this is why you know? people like and this is this kind of stems back to what you're talking about like natural leadership and stuff mm-hmm. like that because i mean i think that you have that totally oh, about you. you and i think that i have that about me i've been told yeah, that many times do, yeah. to where people were just but when you when you have that i think the reason why we both understand this is because whenever you it, it's very tiring and this is why people like of great power or great knowledge would have to go retreat into the forest mm-hmm. because they realized that their cups were empty they were mm-hmm. constantly putting out for others constantly putting out for others and mm-hmm. then it got to a point where they're like okay i need to regroup mm-hmm. and then i'll come back out stronger mm-hmm. and that's exactly what that's what i've done with the podcast when i've taken long breaks and shit yeah. like that you know you get to a mm-hmm. point where you have to be like okay you know because then it also becomes a point where it's like if you keep if you don't do that like in it it doesn't become fun anymore yeah exactly you know? <laughs> and you have to like remember why it is that you're even um content creating slash just putting yourself out there in yes, this manner right exactly. like at the end of the day what is the reason that 
you have hippie speedball podcast like it's to fill your own cup right it's to be satisfied um in to what you're doing right and have you know um a purpose in this idea that you have for sure and um or at least i would think Um, no 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 definitely (laughs) definitely um and you know i think with any person that creates art like um that's what we have to remember that right that mm-hmm. it's we can't create art for other people um we're not going to we're never going to be satisfied i love that you put i love mm-hmm. that you brought that up because like that's exactly what i was just about to say because like once you start putting it out for other people that's why mm-hmm. i said earlier like that it seems like the more i i the more serious i take the podcast the less fun it becomes mm-hmm. and the less it is going good mm-hmm. like you know there's times where i took it a little too like t- not taking it i take it seriously but don't i, I take myself too seriously yeah. there were times where i took myself yeah. too seriously and I'm, i listen back on it I'm like what the fuck mm-hmm. you know and it felt like i was not necessarily like forcing the conversation because i i'm only having people on the show that i can converse with right you know? it's like if right. i can't talk with you we're not gonna have, do a podcast right like, exactly. You know? exactly and so that's not the problem but it was just like you know i felt like i was trying to be a certain way mm-hmm. rather than just going back to the roots of just mm-hmm. smoking weed and drinking coffee with really dope people Mm -hmm. and just recording the dope shit that we talk about Mm -hmm. i mean right now we're going on fucking like just over two hours now yeah dude. that's dope for your first podcast buddy (laughs) i'm really excited this is the first one most definitely oh yeah i mean and like i said like thank you for even giving me this platform because yeah like just like we were saying even it's putting yourself out there in a comfortable environment right expanding and um like and something that speaks your language exactly. you know because like, if you're trying shit, to coffee and weed say less you know <laughs> right i actually so i have this one i have these two ladies that i'm uh, like one of them i spoke to we never got a chance to meet up but we've been talking since vegas mm-hmm. and her friend but they're mermaids they're like literally like mm. professional mermaids Okay. They what go, does that mean if you're so, a professional mermaid? So they literally just go to parties and events and swim in pools and they get paid to be a mermaid and they take pictures and all sorts of yeah, like it's That's crazy. Awesome. They're like, what? yeah. It's this like it's this whole culture that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. And so when I we were at that party in Vegas, it was at the Mandalay Bay mm-hmm. and it was at their like in their back area where there's like a beach pool. Okay. And shit, and like that's where it was. Damn, the whole setting, you get so like shit, it the was, whole thing. Yeah. it was crazy, <laughs> and so like they had, they were there just chilling in the water, mm-hmm. and they literally got paid to be there. Dude, yeah. And that's just yeah. their job, and they do that. And so I was gonna have two of them on the podcast, yeah. And we're gonna do it in a pool, dude. Yes, isn't that yes. fucking sick? You know? <laughs> but like, would <laughs> right? But one of them, I added her on Instagram, and then mm-hmm. she immediately added me back. And then I get a message from her, and she was like, "Coffee, cannabis, and dope people, sign me up." Right? Yeah, like, that sounds amazing. Because uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's she, what it's she's all based about. in she's based in California, but she was even saying she was like, "Let's fucking." She's like, "If you can make it down here, let's road trip to Vegas and let's fucking do a podcast." Yeah. Down there and shit, and I'm shit. just like, that sounds awesome. Yes. Fuck yeah, it's a fucking, like me and my lady road trip with some mermaids down to yeah. Vegas and going. Are you kidding out. me? <laughs> and I'm like, I started the show for fun. Yeah, now I'm about to go in Vegas with my lady and three mermaids. Fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh, keeping pretty, the fun going. Are you pretty kidding me? Dope. Yeah. That's a win if you ask me. Forget about it. Yeah, are you kidding me? Well, and also my lady is getting into that now too because her coworker does that. Her coworker, oh. like, it's like this whole fucking it's scene. The whole thing. I know. I, I haven't been this surprised since I learned about like the graffiti scene like when i was like a lot younger like when i learned oh actually, yeah that like, it's like what, a... well like, like i didn't know that like, graffiti artists like would like pick a name and put it out there and have like i didn't know like what it was i just yeah. know it was this really dope art that i would see yeah. on the side of trains and i always loved it mm-hmm. and i had a friend of mine who was a graffiti artist mm-hmm. and he taught me about the whole graffiti culture mm-hmm. he always said like if you want a spot look at their shoes he's like you'll mm-hmm. generally find graffiti artists like 
if it's like early in the morning on the bus, they probably mm-hmm. just came out from bombing if they have like paint splattered shoes. That's, <laughs> shit. Yep. That's what yep. he was saying. Like that's one indicator that they're probably a graffiti artist and yep. they just came back. Like if they have like a backpack and paint splattered shoes. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Dude, did you ever grow up watching uh, Beach Street? No. Okay. It's like half about that half about like break dancing nice well so, that's hip-hop culture exactly you, you should know? you would enjoy it. man i haven't seen that movie have you watched in the get years. down yes oh my the god get down was okay so fucking i didn't good. finish it but um i know they canceled it i watched a few Pissed episodes me off. dude i need to rewatch it was that. also a really high budget show really? like it, dude, each well, of those episodes cost like millions of dollars to make really yeah why just the way it was shot the okay. different stuff they would do and stuff i mean it was really good i mean but i remember yeah. thinking i'm like dude just cut down on the budget mm-hmm. get rid of some of the the spectacle shit we love the Damn. story they were probably like no, because one thing i was really wanting them it. to do and i really wish that they were still able to, maybe they'll do it in the future i don't mm-hmm. know because i wanted them to do the get down simultaneously with like punk's version of the get down Ooh, that because cool. punk yep. and hip-hop both really evolved a lot in new york mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so and they would like constantly interact with one another I mean, they're kind of like cousins if you think about they it. They really are. Yeah. Because in mm-hmm. their roots, they come from the same exact angst. They're just from two different classes of people. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. all just come two from different cultures, yeah. two different cultures, but they all come from an underground, like we've had enough of this bullshit kind mm-hmm. of angst. And mm-hmm. it, like, that's why they always vibed really well and with it's not one even another. two different cultures it's kind of like one they really are cousins i mean because if you mm-hmm. think about it like early hip-hop they were taking cuts from like rock records and well they were taking like this, yeah because like in the early days they were fed up with disco exactly so they would sample funk records exactly. with the break beats and that's how you got break dancing yes. and like b-boys and all that kind of shit and so but then like punk evolved from the the outcry instead of it being against like they obviously didn't like disco mm-hmm. but it was like the big arena rocks it was mm-hmm. like it was mm-hmm. you know fucking uh like journey yes mm-hmm. and all these like big bands the who mm-hmm. like you know like they liked the early who shit because there's a lot of punk bands that would play early who songs but mm-hmm. it was like they hated that big spectacle yeah so they just went back to like classic like almost like rockabilly style bar chords and just played them at twice the tempo yeah and that's how punk rock basically got formed okay. And it really started mostly, in my opinion, because everyone's like, where did it start? If it was Mm -hmm. England or New York, it actually, in my opinion, was neither because it was actually Detroit. Because a lot of Detroit bands were the inspiration for a lot of the New York and English punk bands. Where can I learn more about this? So I, give me a documentary where I can learn more. So about there's this. a really good uh, there's a really good documentary that's just called Punk, mm-hmm. and um, it has a, a little subtitle. I can't remember what it's called, but if you just type in like punk documentary, mm-hmm. it's like punk with an exclamation point, and then it has something after it. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. Okay, because they kind of go really really far back. Yeah, and um, there's also other ones, but I mean it go, it traces back to like the angst of like the old rockabilly guys okay you know yeah, yeah. like as it was you know they just fucking would go out do this thing mm-hmm. and then they just they wanted to go back to basics mm-hmm. just like hip-hop wanted to Dude, it's kind of like what we were talking about of just like going to open mics and 100 yeah you know, exactly just... and that and that it's crazy how mm-hmm. that raw human nature always prevails mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. no matter what mm-hmm. because back in the day like you would have uh when the sex pistols came to the united states mm-hmm. the first thing they did is they went to a zulu nation show oh really 100 <laughs> they went to a zulu nation party and they're yeah. out there because and also like the punks would go, often be at the hip-hop shows mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then the fucking hip-hop crowd and would I, go to, the, I was about to say yeah, yeah. because mm-hmm. also uh blondie 
Um, mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. was really huge into the New York punk scene when she first started. Really, like she yeah, was yeah. like she was literally playing fucking gigs with the Ramones and yeah, the Clash, yeah. and like when the Clash came to the U.S. and shit. Mm-hmm. Like she, when she was like she was really up there with all the punks, mm-hmm. and she also would go to the hip hop shows, and that's why eventually she made a song about Grandmaster Flash. What's the song called? Uh, it's called um, Oh fuck i can't remember what the name of it okay, is we will look but, it up yeah if you yeah. just type in like blondie grandmaster flash song yeah. and like she like just straight up says like you know she's like flash is good flash is fine <laughs> like she does like this whole fucking thing and then yeah it's it's a really really like uh it's a really cool crossover because mm-hmm. it shows how these cultures really collided and what mm-hmm. i what i wanted was like the get down to almost be like like and make like a punk version and make them the same thing yeah like make them actually interact with one another yeah. and shit like that would have been a cool almost like a crossover yeah season if you will right? yes exactly yeah. actually uh, hip-hop just celebrated its birthday a couple weeks ago really really yeah yeah in uh two years it'll be officially 50 years old wow because i think it was in 74 it was like august of 74 was the first official hip-hop party i think it was 74 73 74 okay. something around that range because it like it was DJ Cool Herc, mm-hmm, and yeah, mm-hmm. he was the first one to actually do I that. I don't remember what year it is, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so like it's 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 cool though because like people don't realize how influential Grandmaster Flash was mm-hmm. to the evolution of the way beats are made now, mm-hmm. on how he was the first one to get a continuous beat going mm-hmm. by the two different records and shit yeah. like that. Did yeah, you watch yeah. the evolution the, of hip hop? Yep, exactly. I learned so much from that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I need to finish watching all of them. I like to. Um, I've pick and chose a, a few ones that oh I, like, yeah for sure like, specifically it's so wanted cool. to watch start from the beginning and just watch it straight through to i know the end. i will it's really cool to watch it just how it literally one thing just folded right into another mm-hmm. just folded right into another folded right into another mm-hmm. and it's just crazy to watch the actual evolution yeah. of it happening like yeah. you know you go from the start of it in new york to gangster rap in la mm-hmm. to the the rise of the atlanta scene mm-hmm. to like the florida crunk scene mm-hmm. and like all that shit it's fucking real i think it came out of florida that's like miami shit i think mm-hmm. right the crunk mm-hmm. scene mm-hmm. i think that was like out of miami but yeah that, that that was it's really cool and i want them to do something like that too with like punk rock because they kind of did that with that one documentary but it yeah. wasn't as in-depth yeah as that one because the hip the evolution of hip-hop one is very there's also good. a good one yeah. about metal that's just called metal a headbanger's journey Oh, I think I saw that one. Um, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll check that, that out. Really good. I'll check that out because yeah. it goes so far back. Okay. Like, and I mean, like back into like you realize that heavy metal has actually roots in like old medieval music. That's awesome. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, it's fucking yeah. crazy. Okay. And then, uh, how Tony Iommi was the is the guitar player for Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. who are you know the ones that are considered to be the grandfathers of heavy metal. Like they kind of created the metal sound. Okay. And the only reason they ended up making that sound is because it was Tony Iommi's last day working at this factory. Mm-hmm. And he was literally about to leave just to become a professional musician. Mm-hmm. And he was working in this spot that he doesn't normally work. And he ended up cutting off two tips of his finger on his playing hand, mm-hmm. like on his last day at work. So he built these little caps to put over the tops of his fingers yeah. so he could still play. But he had to tune his guitar down, which created this dark, heavy sound. And that's how Black that's Sabbath awesome. actually developed their sound. Yeah. It's fucking really Dude, crazy so how cool. a freak accident created yeah, a whole genre I mean, of music. And that's like, you know, think everything's just kind of meant to be, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's insane. The, like, current that's... Ten- the current tends to take you where you need to go as long as you swim downstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For real. Yep. 
That'd be a good place to end this, buddy. Yeah. This was a fucking blast. This was great. Let's let the people know where they can find you before we yes. sign off. Um, well, I'm on Instagram mostly, <laughs> um, underscore P-R-O-M-1-S-3. Um, check out my project that I, my very first project that I dropped um, last month called Getting Lost. It's on SoundCloud, link in the bio of Instagram. Um, but if you just type in Promise, I'm from Oakland, California. I didn't say that in the beginning. But um, if you just type in on SoundCloud, Promise Oakland, like you'll find me, I'm right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, big shout out to you for oh, um, thank you. just Appreciate having me that. on here. Um, I also do want to- Thanks for coming through, bud. Yeah, of course. I want to shout out my girlfriend one more time, Closet Canisaur. Please follow yeah. her um, on Instagram too, at Closet underscore Canisaur. Thanks for being such a fan of the show, and I really yes. appreciate all your positivity and everything like that, but it really means a lot to yeah. me. Yeah. And thank you so much for coming through. Of course, Absolutely. yeah. We'll definitely thank do this you. again sometime. Of course. This was a fucking blast. And, and I, I do have a free verse. Do you want me to, to run that real quick? How do you want me to, to do yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. So I was going to um, sign off here, and then I was just going to clip it towards the end so that cool. way people can hear what you got. Yeah. Right? Thanks yeah, again yeah. for coming through, dude. Yeah, no, thank, thank you, you everybody for tuning into the Hippie Speedball yes, Podcast. It is Joe, watching. your host with the most Joe, and I will see you guys next time. Peace. And we got it like that, see I'm one with the rhymes, one with the raps, paper or glass, blunts, no raps, skinny and new sample, I'll make that shit slap, huh? Like Joe, what's your favorite cartoon? He said, old school Doug, I said, that's cool, huh? On the beat, just acting a fool, uh, this one for the real stoners, head dappers and blunt tokers, paper rollers and bull snappers, huh? This one's for the real stoners, yeah, hey, for the real stoners, Eddie dappers and blunt tokers, paper rollers and bull snappers, yeah, uh, for the real stoners. <laughs> I just had to get it.